is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Mark, you know that, and Wayne, you're probably aware of this as well, but from time to time on, on Free Talk Live, we'll, we'll hold an auction. Uh, we, we put a banner from our website up on eBay and allow our listeners and interested businesses and that sort of thing to, to bid on it. And, you know, that way we can see what the banner's worth, basically. I think it, more accurately, it's a uh, banner avail. It would probably be the way you'd describe it, because it's not actually a banner. An available banner. Right, an yes. available banner slot. How's that? Yes, yes. Uh, so we like eBay. I mean, it makes it easy. Uh, it makes it so people can bid, and there's the great feedback system that they have. And sure is nice to just be able to go and click and put things online and have people pay you for them. I mean, who doesn't like eBay, right? eBay's pretty good stuff. Well, apparently certain people in, I believe it's Pennsylvania... Yes, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Certain people who might be, oh, I don't know, old-school auctioneers are getting a little upset about all these people selling things on eBay. You know, the guys that... $5, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10, $10. You know, those guys. Apparently, they're pretty upset. Here's the story from LewRockwell.com. Michael Tennant writes, I love eBay. It's about as close to unfettered capitalism as you can get under the present circumstances. Buyers offer what they have to sell. Sellers offer the prices they're willing to pay. When supply and demand meet, a sale is made. Caveat emptor is the rule, but eBay's feedback and complaint processes are a relatively efficient way of weeding out the frauds. I've bought and sold items on eBay for years, as have I. I've been doing it for 10 years now. As a matter really? Of fact. Yep. You've been on eBay 10 years? I sure have. I haven't been on that long, but I've been on a little ways. Buying is much easier than selling, which can be time-consuming. As easy as it is to list an item for sale, it still takes a certain amount of time. Yeah, and, and you're so, sort of your, you have to get a, the emotional energy to do it, too. In I've, addition, a, I've got a couple of things that I should have put on quite for quite some time now, at least a month. And you haven't done it yet. I haven't done it yet. I did, however, put some other things on, and they did okay. In addition, it's usually a good idea to shoot and upload one or more photographs of the item, and then there's the time spent answering inquiries from prospective buyers and packing and shipping the item if it sells. If you only sell a handful of items a year, it's not a big deal, but if you frequently have things to hawk, you're going to put a considerable amount of time into creating listings on eBay and packing and shipping the sold items. Fortunately, the market has come to the rescue in the form of third-party sellers who will do all the hard work of photographing, listing, packing, and shipping your wares for a fee, of course. Usually it's a percentage of the take. So, you know, 15% or 10% or or something like that. There might be a flat fee involved as well, like a listing fee. Uh, But from what I understand, these third-party sellers are pretty reasonable. And, of course, there's more than one of them usually in your area, so there's some level of competition going on for price as far as the uh, the price of the service is concerned. And what a great idea. That way you just, you know, hand them the item, they photograph it, they, you know, I mean, you probably have to write up the details, but they put the details online and go through all the steps. And a lot of people aren't even, you know, they might... They might know how to buy on eBay, but it might just be too much, you know, taking digital photos, uploading those online, and there's some processes involved that your average computer user might have a tough time with. They might, or it might just be sheer laziness. Um, One or the other, right, sure. I've got things, like I said, I've got things sitting there that I've intended to put on. I haven't put them on. In the past, I've actually used one of these uh, third-party, uh, mm-hmm. because I just had so much stuff. I was moving up here to the for the Free State Project, and I needed to get rid of some stuff, and as far as I was concerned, if they took... 20% or whatever it was, um, it was 80% more than I was going to get by throwing it away or 
giving it away or whatever. So. Well, that's right. eBay provides a more efficient allocation of resources because instead of piling things up in a landfill that are perfectly good, mm-hmm. you can sell them and get money for them. Yeah, it's great for the marketplace. So for all you environmentalists out there, eBay is great for the environment. There you go. Well, fortunately, uh, again, the, so we've got these people out there that have been, they've made it their life. Uh, they're essentially, many of them, it's their full-time job to put people's items on eBay for them. Unfortunately, wherever the market succeeds, you can rest assured that the state is not far behind to stifle this success. (laughs) Yes, I suppose that's true. Or at least to get a significant cut of it. Thus, it transpires that the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is now threatening third-party eBay sellers with fines of $1,000 or possibly $1,000 per item sold. You'll find out why there's some confusion here in a moment for the horrific crime of selling merchandise at auction without an auctioneer's license. Mm, issuance, like a nice lawsuit to me. Mm, well, issuance of which is conveniently the exclusive domain of the bureaucrats in Harrisburg. How does one go about acquiring one of these licenses? Well, according to the state's website... Costs money, I'm sure. The prospective auctioneer must serve as an apprenticeship as a licensed apprentice auctioneer for a period of not less than two years. What a in, bunch of horse manure. In the employ of a qualified auctioneer and participate for compensation in no less than 30 auctions. But they're not holding the auction in Pennsylvania. Well, technically they are. I mean, the item is in Pennsylvania. But you're not paying sales tax. If I went to Pennsylvania and I bought something um, in Pennsylvania, I would have to pay sales tax in Pennsylvania. But since Mm -hmm. I'm in New Hampshire and I'm buying something in Pennsylvania... Not if it were secondhand. No, you'd have to pay sales tax on things that are secondhand? No, I don't think at an auction you do. I don't think you do. I'm not sure. I mean, do you have to pay it at garage sales? Um, I, I would imagine that if it was worth employing a bureaucrat to come around and shut down people's um, garage sales because they weren't collecting sales tax, that they would. You might be right about that. I know that my mother runs a thrift store down in Florida, and she does collect sales tax. But then again, she's a business entity, so that might be different. Anyway, successfully, uh, there are other options. Okay, that was the first option. So two years, at least two years, and 30, uh, 30 auctions you have to participate in as an apprentice to an existing licensed auctioneer. Second option, you could successfully complete a prescribed course of study in auctioneering of at least 20 credit hours at a school approved by the board. You believe they have auctioneer schools somewhere out there? Yeah, and there's a purpose for them, but this is ridiculous. They have a school for every kind of uh, career. For for one thing, if you're posting items to eBay for somebody else, you're not the auctioneer. You're um, you're really one of the sellers at the auction. Just like if you went through a car auction, you're one of the dealers who's putting the cars through. It's a good point. It's technically eBay that's doing the auctioning. They're taking yes. the bids and that sort of thing. And it's not happening in Pennsylvania. Well, yeah, I, you know that's really the it's really the truth. If I, um, you know, it it it's eBay is doing the auctioning, not the people that are selling it there. So that makes perfectly good sense. If I wanted to go point. to a local um, auction and I wanted to employ somebody to pick up my crap and move it from my house to that auction site so it could be sold. That person's not an auctioneer. That person's just a moving van. And there's still plenty of room for auctions in Pennsylvania. There's still car auctions. There are still estate auctions. These these auctioneers are just getting greedy and stupid here. Yeah, and the, the world is going to change. The Internet is going to change things, and it's going to change auctions, apparently. 
Um, obviously, it has changed auctions. Right. So these guys are about ten years too late. Yeah, they're they're way <laughs> behind. Now I don't, I don't know. know. I I I don't mean to slight the auctioneers in Pennsylvania. Uh, obviously, they're all members of this club. That's you know this licensed club. So they they deserve some of the blame because they probably support the regulations. It might just be some busybody bureaucrat that has decided that you know let's go hunt out some money from these eBay. It sellers. might be, but I suspect it's actually the auctioneer group. I yeah. I would have to you know the the NAB is um, the National Association of Broadcasters. They're the ones um, that are pushing the whole FCC licensing of radio stations and all that. Other their mm-hmm. stuff we get on the air every um you know, not every night but when we talk about it we we call for the dissolution of the fcc entirely yeah we don't i don't think we need them and that's the protection racket for um radio stations uh, okay. radio okay. shows so i was just trying to those back guys off. no no those guys they they bear the onus as far as i'm concerned they're using the government for their ends well let's continue with the options here because i mean you guys made a great point about ebay being the auctioneer and not the seller Wayne that's a great point but it hasn't stopped the state from threatening people. So let's go on with the story here. Again, here are the ways you can be certified or licensed as an auctioneer. You can uh, study in a course of auctioneering for at least 20 credit hours at a school approved by the board. A credit hour of instruction is defined as 15 standard hours of instruction, each of which is composed of at least 50 minutes. So 15 uh, 50-minute hours times 20 you could go and take those classes, and then you could get your certification. Of course, that's going to cost you money, of course. Sure, 300 uh, hours worth of education is not going to be free. Now, you could have an auctioneer's license from another state, in which case you can apply through reciprocity from a state in which you already had a license and get granted that way, or apply through a non-resident exam application. Once one of the above is completed, the prospective auctioneer must take an auctioneer's examination, and once he has passed that, he can then apply for the license. Naturally, there are fees for the exam and the license, and the person wishing to obtain the license must post a $5,000 bond with the state. All of this just so you can sell things on eBay in the state of Pennsylvania. There's more to this story and we'll take your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live 800-259-9231. Does anyone support this? This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. By the way, those features include the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts. Lots of stuff to see there, and uh, fun things as well. Fun, serious issues. You'll find it all bbs.freetalklive.com. American Consumer News is an online magazine which will provide you with a steady stream of money-saving tips to help get you closer to financial freedom. The magazine discusses topics such as investing, real estate, frugality, debt reduction, and more. That's americanconsumernews.com. 800-259-9231, talking about an absolutely absurd story coming out of Pennsylvania. Though I guess it would have happened eventually. The state of Pennsylvania has decided to start threatening eBay sellers. If you live in Pennsylvania, uh, specifically the Harris, is Harrisburg the capital yes. of Pennsylvania? Okay, uh, so it's not just eBay sellers because that makes it sound like anybody who might sell something on eBay. It's actually businesses that make money. Uh, by third party selling your stuff on eBay. 
Uh, yeah, you're right. That's who they are going after because those are the ones that are making. They're making the most money, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. That they're doing it as a business, so they're easier to target. But theoretically, they could go after any seller. I, I think. I mean, if they're claiming that a business is a seller and therefore needs to be an, a licensed auctioneer, then they could, I think, just as easily claim that an individual also needs to be a licensed auctioneer. Though I think you're right, Mark. They they probably would not do that because it would be so politically unpopular that it'd be insane for them to make that move. Yeah, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. And I think that uh, likely the argument that Wayne made about, uh, you know, earlier that, that in fact the third parties weren't doing the auctioning, that eBay was doing the auctioning, will probably win out in court. But it will cost people money. Maybe you're right about that. What it won't that? cost money is the auctioneers whose uh, little union or um, group or whatever managed to, to get this pushed through, lobby to get this pushed through. It won't cost the people in government who are doing it. Mm-hmm. It will only cost people who want to sell stuff on eBay. And the taxpayers. Yeah, taxpayers. It'll cost them money, too, yeah. So I, I think that you know you guys were on to something when you pointed out that you thought this was beatable in that it's eBay that's doing the auctions, uh, the auctioneering, not the actual seller. Nonetheless, there are certain lawyers in the area that have taken a look at the law, and they have not come up with that point, or at least it's not mentioned in here. So you think the lawyers th- would think of that? Just because they didn't think about it doesn't make it not true. You well, know? anyway, uh, there's all kinds of hoops that uh, one needs to jump through if one wants to become a licensed auctioneer, including uh, being an apprentice for an, uh, an existing auctioneer for le- no less than two years. Well, how does the state define the term auctioneer? Well, if you're a licensed auctioneer. Yes, but I mean, how do you define that, though? How do you define an auctioneer? Obviously, Ian doesn't know the answer. Someone who has a license from the state. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's silly. It makes yeah. those silly noises. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a really good court case. It's just that why should you have to go to court for something silly like that? Well, uh, successfully, also, you can complete a course with uh, 20 credit hours, which is 15 hours uh, per credit hour. I don't know why that. Why do you call it a credit hour if it's actually 15 hours? It's confusing to me. But nonetheless, uh, there's all kinds of requirements. And then, once you complete the requirements, you can then apply for the license at that point. You have to, of course, take an exam, which is going to cost you. The license will also cost you, and you have to post a $5,000 bond with the state. In addition, here's a little icing on the cake, the license expires every two years and must be renewed at an additional cost. So there's all kinds of money that will be coming into the state of Pennsylvania as a result of uh, you getting an now, auctioneer's the license. The $5,000 bond is something that you get from an insurance company. The state doesn't get anything out of that. I just want you to know. Still, though, that's I don't money think... up front that you have to pay for. Right. You don't have to have $5,000. Generally, you could get $5,000, put it away, and then you wouldn't have to pay for it. But you get a bond through an insurance company for a small monthly fee. You're still going to have to pay. Just making it clear what right. a bond is. Bonds are good things, uh, generally. The state requiring them I don't think is necessary, but you know, it, I, I think that Bonds are generally good. Now, the Commonwealth, of course, claims that all this is done to protect consumers. Think of the dangers inherent in just letting any old Joe Schmo auction off other people's goods when Mr. Schmo has not spent two years as an apprentice under someone else who's paid his dues to the state or 250 hours sitting in a class at a school which has groveled sufficiently before the government and probably paid up to earn its approval, learning how to talk really fast. (laughs) Why, bidders might actually understand what he's saying, and And we can't have that. Likely the Skill that they learn at this school will be completely useless on eBay. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly right. As if it weren't ridiculous enough, and that's what the point he makes next, no. that uh, someone would have to go through all this just to auction off pigs at the county fair. The law is stretched to the point of absurdity to demand that people submit to this kind of lengthy training and techniques that are clearly useless online. How on earth are consumers protected by forcing third-party Internet sellers to learn how to rattle off bids a mile a minute in front of a live crowd? At least one third-party seller whom the state has or is trying to run out of business understands exactly what's going on. As the AP report says, Barry Fallon, who ran a business called I Sold It on eBay in Lower Paxton Township, has been summoned to appear before the state board of auctioneer examiners. He said the board is dominated by traditional auctioneers who fear competition. He said, quote, it's kind of like having the buggy whip manufacturers decide whether to allow new automobiles to be sold. Mm. Not only are existing auctioneers trying to keep competition down by forcing online third-party sellers to pay up or pack up, but I'd lay odds that the auctioneering licensing law was originally written and passed at the behest of already successful auctioneers for precisely the same reason. I'd have to agree with that. In fact, find me a licensing law that wasn't created to stifle competition for those already established in the profession, and I'll find you a living, breathing unicorn. As always, the consumer protection laws end up hurting the very people they're allegedly designed to help. Here's another excerpt from the AP story. Mary Jo Pletz of Walnutport, Pennsylvania, uh, quit her job to stay home with her young daughter when she was diagnosed with an illness. That is, her daughter was. Ah. She started selling other people's furniture, clothing, and antiques on eBay and went on to sell more than 10,000 items online. Good for her. But... A few days after Christmas last year, ho, 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 guess who she got a visit from? The mm. Mafia. The, the tax Department man. of State. And has since shut down her business. Neither she nor her attorney can determine if her potential fine is a flat $1,000 or $1,000 per item sold. Now there's a good law for you. So convoluted that even a lawyer can't make sense of it. But that's just the point. Make enough laws and make them impossible to decipher, and you can send anyone up the river for something, as long as you get an unscrupulous enough prosecutor and a pliable enough judge. There are certainly plenty of those to go around. Mm. Just Let's just go right to the fundamental issue here, though. Any two people ought to be permitted to come to a voluntary agreement whereby one sells certain items belonging to the other at mutually agreeable terms. Right. The state ought to have no say in it whatsoever, whether the items are being sold out of a barn or on eBay. It's a simple matter of property rights, the very bedrock of freedom. On the other hand, since all property owned by the state has been stolen from the citizens therein, I propose an online auction of all government property with the proceeds divided equally among the taxpayers. I know how to sell things on eBay, and I'd even do it on a no-commission basis as a service to my fellow man. That would at least provide us with a measure of restitution. If the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania wants to prosecute me for doing this without a license, well, good luck stringing me up, fellas, once you own no guns, courtrooms, or prisons. Kind of cute. Mm-hmm. But serious issue in that this lawyer, he can't even determine whether or not it's going to be a $1,000 fine or $1,000 per item sold, which, of course, would completely destroy that woman. She sold over 10,000 items on eBay. Uh, he can't even make that assertion from reading the law. And certainly no one has suggested, I guess he, he has not suggested, that eBay might be the auctioneer. It's certainly an interesting position to take. I hope that someone does take that uh, position, and I hope they win. But, as you said, the state can fund its battles on into eternity, and eventually this lady's going to run out of cash. More on the way, you can take control of the airwaves. This is your show, and her daughter's sick. I don't imagine she has much to begin with. More on the way. 
Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. And that's the Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners. The dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Once again, shrine.freetalklive.com. As we go right into the phone calls here, it's, let's talk to Jeff in Kentucky. Jeff, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. How you doing, sir? Hey, what's on your mind, Jeff? Hey, I called last night when the post office thing, and you guys got off the air right when I called. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we were talking about abolishing the post office, or at least uh, cutting its ties from the or ties to the government, so it can actually operate in the marketplace without its monopoly protection that it currently has. In that it currently has the uh, the government granted monopoly status of the, being the only organization in the country that can deliver mail for less than a dollar. That's called first-class mail. So that's just kind of a quick recap. What were your thoughts? Well, I work for the post office, actually, so I'm an insider here. Okay, great. Um, this is going to make you guys just sick, too, because um, I started working there about a year ago right after I got out of the military. Mm-hmm. And thanks to the union, and yes, they are unionized. I'm sure they are. <laughs> I started out at seventeen fifty-five an hour. Sweet. Right wow. Yeah. So are you do- delivering the mail? Is that what your job is? I am just what they call reserve carrier for the rural routes. All I do is yeah. work one day a week and deliver mail out in the country. So but the uh, are you able to ma- – I mean you're not able to make a living off of working one day a week. Do yes, do- I do, sir. Actually, I go to college. I get the GI Bill, and that's one day a week covers the bills. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I make uh, – every two weeks I make uh, 328 an hour, or $328, and that's two days a week. That's it. Man, that's incredible. But yeah, it's uh it's unionized, so you got the Democrats in there, um, you know, feeding the fire of the union, so they'll never get privatized. Mm-hmm. And then you got what the Republicans always love, which is a monopoly, mm-hmm. and they're the one and only government-sponsored monopoly. So it's a it's a dangerous combination, unions oh, yes, unions with and, a monopoly, and, and it's so uh, common in government. Don't don't I'm not part of the actual union, so I don't. You know, hold ties to the union, actually. So you don't have to join the union in order to get a job as a postal carrier? Not to be No, resolved. actually, you have to take the uh, civil servants test. What is, what is that? That is the same test you have to take to become a firefighter or a police officer. And what does it entail? Uh, basically, it's just a, it's like an aptitude test to see how smart you are. <laughs> now, I've met some, uh, I don't know, some postal carriers. You don't really have to be that bright to be a postal yeah, carrier, Yeah, you don't have right? to be that bright to be a postal carrier. All you got to do is basically, if basically Rain Man can do it. You ever seen the movie Rain Man? <laughs> no, but I've heard about it. Yeah, it's a savant that's pretty good with numbers. As long right. as you can remember numbers, you can do the post office. Got it. So uh, how did you feel, I mean, about the uh, the issue of privatizing it? You're just saying it can't happen because of the union? Yeah, because of the union. Actually, they've got uh, the major union members... I've seen them down here in Bowling Green, and they've got their shirts on, saying Local Union 42 or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And uh, they've actually tried to privatize them several times. 
and the unions come out and they've stru- um, they've gone on strike and they've fought them in the. No, wait, what have they tried to privatize? The offices of the post office or the entire system of the post office? They've tried really? to privatize it twice. Huh? Yes, and you've actually got these people out here. They're trying to you know fight the privatization of it and. You know what? I don't care if they don't ever privatize the post office. All I really want to see happen is them abolish the monopoly. Get oh, rid yeah. of the law that protects the post office from competition. That way UPS and FedEx and DHL and all the rest of the uh, private carriers can actually compete for first-class mail for the first time ever. Well, I heard on the radio last night you guys were talking about the, the postal routes and Congress being delegated to make postal routes and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the other major things that they do... And the postmaster actually does it himself is uh, in a time of emergency like September 11th or New Orleans or anything like that. The postmaster actually works hand-in-hand with FEMA to uh, get like a body count or a head count of how many people are in his area and are they all safe and secure and stuff like that. So they actually have a uh, civil servant function in time of emergency. I see. Well, certainly nothing that uh, sounds too critical. I mean, after all, FEMA isn't... Oh, no. I mean, isn't... I mean at, the, at most, if you can look at um, the way most post offices are set up, they are set up to be uh, a like uh, not a detention center, but a uh, mass casualty uh, funnel point for large casualties or uh, in case of emergency. Yeah, disaster, uh, you know, uh, yeah. place, a uh, shelter. Oh. Yeah. Very interesting. It's part of the old civil defense system, I believe, right? Yeah. Now, before we let you go, do you have any uh, bureau- uh, bureaucratic stories for us? Some sort of, uh, I don't well, know, after awful... after years in the Army and uh, one year in the post office, I've got a lot of them. Give me one from the well, post office. Give me one from the post office. Um, basically, the way it worked for me one time, I was out on the mail route, and this was right after Gerald Ford's uh, um, Death? funeral. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was right after New Year's, too, so it's been like five days that the mail hadn't ran. And actually, the post office, the machines, the computers that run the post office, they run even though there's people not there. Mm-hmm. And so the mail was backed up uh, for at least three days. And uh, I was out on my mail route, and my um, supervisor told me the supervisor told me to be back before 530, which is where the last mail truck runs at the main plant so they can sort it. Okay. Well, at 4.30, I was halfway through my route. That's how much mail I had. I was like, well, this is not good. So I went through and picked up everybody's outgoing mail that had post, uh, you know, the post uh, boxes that had the flags up. Right. Which made it a little bit quicker, and I took it back to the post office to make sure that all the mail could go out. Well, I turned around and ran to the supervisor. I was like, hey, I'm going back out on my route. I didn't finish it up. I still got mail to go out. And he's like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Come to find out it's some kind of federal offense to uh, bring mail back to the post office, and they uh, attempted to try to fire me. It's an, Wait, so, it's a federal offense to take mail out for delivery, come back, and then go back out again? Yes. You're, if you leave the post office with outgoing mail, you're not supposed to bring it back unless you call back and there's some kind of like accident. And even if there is an accident, they will send extra post office people out there to help you out and disseminate the mail. I, I, I'm sure they have some reason something must have happened in the past, but I can't imagine what it is. Right. I don't know either. And they tried well, to fire you over that. Oh, yeah. And they Actually, it was pretty quick, too. It was like 24 hours. I had a letter in my bell box saying, hey, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> How'd you get out of that? The union? I you're actually, not a union uh, member. I, um, I went over to the actual union leader, and he's like, I was like, hey, I'm not part of the union, but uh, can you give me a hand? And he's like, hey, yeah, sure, no, come on. And he pulled me in the post office or the postmaster's office. He's like, hey, listen. We can fight this, or you can just let this guy off because he's a newbie. Which one you want to do? And he's like, "All right, let him go." Damn, what a bunch yeah. of politics. Scared him, huh? 
What a nightmare. Don't don't hesitate to ever call us back if you get another uh, bureaucratic well, nightmare story for, for you. Yeah, sure, go. Why is it or what why is it when we elect politicians, why does it seem like they always have to pass laws? Why is it like a constant process? Well, they, they believe that's their laws? job. They uh, they that's, believe well, I mean, why do we got to hire them then? Why is it we just sit back, pass the laws we need, sit back when no state, no government, and when a time arises when the police say, "Hey, we need to make a law," or when the civilians say, "Hey, we need to make a law." We randomly elect the people we want for a short period of time, make the law, and then fire them. Well, you don't. You're not a. Uh, you're obviously not somebody who's a political power seeker, and I, I appreciate the question. It's. Uh, it's. There are certain types of people in life that they seek, don't imagine that we could possibly, for a second, make it without legislators. Right. They seek power over others, and well, you uh, know what. You know what. The first thing I learned being in the military and being in the post office. What's that? Never trust anyone who seeks power. Exactly right. Thank you for the call, Jeff. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. These people that run for office are those who are, for the most part, seeking power. You can give Ron Paul a pass because he's actually been in office and proven that he's not, not interested in power. You can look at his voting record to see that. But for the most part, if someone's running for office, they want that power for whatever their personal reasons are. It could simply be power for power's sake. They just love the idea of having power so they can do what they want. There could just be people that uh, they want the power so they think they can do good. There could be people that want the power so they can reward their friends or punish their enemies. So, you know, I don't know what all each individual politicians reasoning is or rationale uh, for doing so but they believe that when they get elected that it's a mandate from the people an endorsement of their programs that oh the people elected me they must love all of my policies so i'm going to do my best to implement as many as possible over the next two to four years and of course that's what they set about going to do and of course everybody else in congress is also doing the same thing at the same time so you get all kinds of legislation and bills submitted which of course no one has time to read they all scratch each other other's back because they all like the power and they want to help each other keep the power so they all vote for each other's legislation this is general is generalizing here more on the way it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You know first if you're on the list at updates.freetalklive.com and Today, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, landlords, utilities, and educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who failed to pay their bills. You might believe this debt only affects those industries and businesses. However, when people don't pay their bills, you pay the penalties. All consumers, in fact, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know of any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call SACL CAI for a no-obligation, no-cost proposal. SACL CAI repositions companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's right there at the top of the page, SACL CAI. Now, Mark, you've actually got a SACL-related story coming up in a moment. Apparently, they had a little clash with the federalities or something. Uh, well, that, that might be an exaggeration. I believe it's state bureaucrats. We'll get into that here in a moment. But first, to the phones, to Mark in Indiana. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, you guys hear me okay? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, I was just kind of, uh, I had a little problem over, um, I was listening to you guys last night, one of the shows a few days ago, about uh, Mark and uh, Ian, you guys were going at it with each other, the ideological rift about political uh, uh, 
activism? Mm -hmm. Yes, the apolitical versus political activists. Yeah, um, I kind of think you guys might need to get out of the state for a bit. Uh, it might seem like kind of a um, you know contentious, uh, important point for you guys, but it's really minor when you when you look at it. And I know like things like that, things can get out of hand. You can get arguing. I've been with people like that, and you know you're screaming before long, and then sooner or later someone storms out of the room and. You guys detractors would love nothing more piece of liberty than to see, you know, you guys show divide over well, something like this. Well, Mark, I think, was blowing it way out of proportion, uh, and, you know, he thinks it's like some sort of big, big issue. Wayne, I don't think you were here for this discussion, were you? Which yeah, you were here that? for part of this discussion, I'm recalling that now, where mm -hmm. we talked about the apolitical versus political activism. And Yes. Yeah, Mark, I think, was just blowing that way out of proportion. He thinks it's going to be the doom of the Free State Project, and I just think it's he's just being absurd. But but let's let me make something clear to you. Uh, Mark, and I appreciate your concerns, things can be a little, oh, I don't know, amplified on the show as far as divisions and conflicts and that sort of thing. There are times when Mark and I might sound like we're ready to go at each other's throats, but as soon as the microphones turn off and the show's over, it's, it's you know, buddy-buddy. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. make money together, you know? Yeah, I'm not in the studio, you know, it's hard to tell being a listener, but sure I've been in situations like that, and... You know, you see these small meetup groups, whatever, divide over silly things, and it's just like, wow, look at the big picture. And it's, people just—I mean, people don't get it all out there. I'm—I'm I'm ready to graduate college. I was talking to two or three people about this stuff, and they were literally asking me what you know, small government has to do with freedom. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you guys have like the doctorate level, an idea of liberty, and most people in general don't—they might have the most, you know, messed up opinions that don't have anything to do with each other, but they don't get it at all. Yep, you're absolutely right. Um, I would be too concerned uh, about the movement here in, in the free state. Uh, you know, as Russell Cannon called in and pointed out, he's one of the early movers here. If people splinter off into different groups, that's not a problem necessarily, and I don't even really right. see that happening. I mean, I get together on a weekly basis with these people, and everybody, political and apolitical, gets together and has a good time and enjoys each other's company and respects what uh, what, each, what each other are doing. And I think that's what's important is to respect uh, the the viewpoints and uh, of other people and to not you know get in their way necessarily. Yeah, have their own, um, you know, major issues. Some people might be taxes. Some people might be, you know, the police state. But sure. nowhere else. I mean, nowhere else. There are people like Russell Canning. You know, um, some of the other people you guys talked about. There, there are uh, people around here who just have their jobs be on the ground. They wouldn't have a clue what they're doing. They're they're in another world than most people. You know, and it's it's great what they've done, whether they vote or not. Um, as long as they're moving towards the idea of liberty, that's that's the key. That's how I feel about it. You know, and I'm I'm not uh, entirely certain that there couldn't be some problems in the long term between the apoliticals and the politicals, but I I believe that I know how to solve this particular problem, and that is to get the Free State Project to twenty thousand as quickly as possible. And I have a plan to do that, and likely uh, I'll be working on that plan after the Liberty Forum. So, Good. you know, I'm a, I, plan your work, work your plan. Mark. Ja right. Uh, Jason Osborne from uh, SACL CAI and myself were the ones that managed to get the first 1,000 done. And I think that, uh, you know, guys like us can manage to get the uh, the, the 20,000 met for the Free State Project, at which point it doesn't matter how many little groups are vying for different types of freedom here in New Hampshire. That's all a good thing. Yep. You know, yep. after, after last week's little flap over <clears throat> political versus apolitical that we had last Wednesday night between Mark and Ian, you know, I had a thought and it came to me. When I was, when I least expected it, and I was thinking, you know, Mark has a lot invested in being good, at, at not getting involved in the wrong crowd, and I think okay. sometimes that some of that may have 
be related, that, that he really, really wants to make sure he's associated with the right people, that he never gets egg on his face. And, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think that's admirable, that, that he really is that conscientious about who's, who he associates with. You, you, you can't dance around the issue. You've got to ex- explain exactly why you think that's so, because there's people listening right now that don't have any idea what you're talking about. Well, I mean, uh, Mark in the past had made a bad decision in his life. Ended up in prison nine years. Yeah, I, I didn't really want to go into it. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to do that. <laughs> but but I think I think that could be part of why. I, I mean, I felt a lot of emotion from Mark last week around that. Every time he brought it up, there was a lot of uh, a lot of charge around mm-hmm. it, and and I I thought, why is that? Why is he so emotionally charged about that? And then it just came to me that. You know, he really wants to make sure he's he's uh, on the straight and narrow path. Sure, and, and, and that's understandable. But at the same time, I don't think that hanging out with uh, people like Russell Canning, who are refusing I hang driver's out with licenses... People. I hang out with Russell Canning more than you do. Right. I don't think that that's going to uh, you know get him arrested for anything, necessarily. So I don't know if that's really putting him at a risk. I, I, I can see Wayne's point to some extent. I think that there's some validity to what he said. No, I agree with you. I just don't think that uh, Russell Canning is as risky as so oh, violent drug dealers and that sort of thing. Not nearly. No. Thanks for the call, Mark. We appreciate <laughs> hearing from you, sir. And uh, I totally agree with what Mark has to say in that I have seen the uh, the controversy. I have seen the division in uh, the different groups, the activist, liberty activism groups around the country, the libertarian parties, the anti-tax groups, and that sort and of I thing. And I think it's worse um, what I've seen in Sarasota Florida than mm-hmm. um, than than what's going on up here as far as uh, division because there's not only is nothing going on in Sarasota then they get the divisive talk going here there might right. be some so divisive there's six talk people divided but at least but at the very least people are doing something you know up, right. up, up here I mean things are happening and the the activists are active as opposed to just people who want to be part of a little club that talks about liberty I think it also has to do with uh, the purpose of the organization. And in the, you know, where we come from, Mark, in Sarasota, it was like the Libertarian Party was it. There weren't really anything, there wasn't really anything else worth speaking of. We had a free state as, project uh, organization that we put up, put together of people well, that were moving. That was and, later on. And they were more, and, and they were more active. That, that much is true. Aside from the free staters, there's the Libertarian Party, and as you pointed out, hardly anybody was even involved in that. And it's structured in a way that, you know, if... If an idea isn't popular enough and no one wants to go with it, then it dies, and mm-hmm. that's where it lays. Uh, whereas here in New Hampshire, everything's so so decentralized. I don't even know. I, I think there's a Libertarian Party here in New Hampshire. I know they have meetings or something, but they're not around here, and I don't go to them. And uh, if you want to do something here, you just do it, and you announce that you're doing it. And then people that agree with you will sort of find it, they'll find you, and they'll come on board, and they'll get involved in some way. And if you decide you don't like the way things are going, well, okay, splinter off. You know, if if somebody doesn't want to change their little program for you, then go off and do your own version of it somewhere else. Here in New Hampshire, nobody is uh, really in charge of anybody else, necessarily. Not that anyone's in charge of anyone in the Libertarian Party, it's just that, I don't know, I feel differently up here about activism. I just feel that there's a, it's just more open, people interact better, people who have different opinions are more respectful of one another, and they stand back, they don't try to interfere. They might speak out their opinion. I mean, you're certainly, there are certainly some conversations over at nhfree.com where, where there's a very active forum where there's plenty of disagreement. 
on certain things and activism and approaches and issues and everything. But that's okay. That's pretty much where it stays. It doesn't Mm -hmm. really mess up the real life stuff. And same thing with Free Talk Live. When Free Talk Live gets on the air and, you know, we have a disagreement, you're not playing, Mark. You're not playing a role. You're really talking about the way you feel. And you really did feel strongly last week. And you probably do feel somewhat strongly about it. But it's also not real life. Free Talk Live isn't real life. We're real people doing a real show, but it's not the same as as, uh, interacting in person with somebody. (laughs) To some extent, I have to represent my opinion here. I represent on this show a a great deal of people, the the minarchists out there, the small government people, that think that uh, we should work within the system to... Uh, you know, return the government to liberty. Ian represents uh, largely a group of people that don't believe that, that they, they believe that uh, civil activism and, and that kind of thing is, is going to manage uh, to do it. And so uh, I, I have to represent those people that, that uh, are sort of on my side. I, have to, I would work hard to do that. Yeah, exactly right. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. You can take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. So the arguments uh, can be pretty intense, but also that's supposed to be fun at the same time, so people can really see both sides clearly. More coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll start things out this hour by going to an email we received from the man in charge of SACL CAI, one of our uh, primary sponsors, I, I would guess the primary sponsor of Free Talk Live. So um, what happened, Mark? He got in trouble with the, the state or there was a raid? Or... Well, right. It's the, uh, you the, said raid earlier today. The email is entitled SACL CAI Raided. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He said, um, so last week we were raided by the health department for smoking ban violations. Here were the allegations that were submitted Does to them. Does the health department have a SWAT team, and will they send them in over smoking violations? I don't think it was a SWAT team. I think it was guys in suits. So he's being a little liberal with the term raided. Then. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's one of those kind of guys, you know, he's, the government comes in, it's a raid. Okay. okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Well, it's his business. Yeah. And, and what business did they have there? Were they Were they armed? I doubt. I don't. Don't. I, I didn't get that impression. You'd be surprised, though, how many government departments that don't sound any sort of enforcing uh, sounding. They don't. They don't sound that way. Are armed. Oh, have I guns. have a list of them. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> how many government departments? Uh, fire marshals carrying guns. What the hell kind of sense does that make? You anyway. Shoot the fire back. Pa. Well, fire marshals go after arsonists and that, that sort of thing. Okay. It is a. Uh, it is a law enforcement role, but still gotcha. weird. Here are the allegations that were submitted to them by one of my people. So one of his employees ratted him out. Hmm. A, lack of proper signage. Evidently, she didn't approve of my no-smoking comrade hammer (laughs) hammer and sickle signs. The HD goons verified that they were, in fact, in conformity with the law. Oh, good, good. Yes. B, smoke infiltration. She is upset that employees smoke too close to the back door, which is not a common entrance. So he knows who she is? I, I think that may be the case. Okay. Just the door um, Just the door people use to go in and out to smoke. 
HD, Health Department, verified that there is no stipulation regarding how far one must stand from the door while smoking. Mm-hmm. Not yet, at least. Yeah, not today. Give them time. <laughs> okay. C. Owners smoking in their offices. I don't know why anyone would get that idea. I keep my door locked. I have an exhaust fan, and I have candy dishes now instead of ashtrays. Huh. Is I he did- a cigarette smoker? He's a cigar smoker. Okay, gotcha. But he smokes cigars. Like he 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 makes me look like an amateur as far as smoking cigars. And he okay. smokes the the big expensive ones mm-hmm. all day. <laughs> I did not let them in my office, and instead sidetracked him by uh, talking about meningitis shots. <laughs> D intimidation of employees. Hilarious. The complaint was submitted anonymously. How in the world could I be intimidating them? This was written right off because of the absurdity. Luckily, my attorney was here on that day because uh, my dad and I probably would have unleashed on these dudes. Um, everything went down without incident other than I gave the dudes a lecture about private property and how the, ex- um, <laughs> how the expense of us and our attorneys dealing with these dudes all day would have to lead to the reduction in all of, their, uh, all of our employees' monthly bonuses. Um, Interesting. I wonder whether he did, did he give I don't know whether he gave the uh the, the lecture to the employees for snitching or whether he gave it to the uh the bureaucrats for you know just interfering. He did it to both. You know I know a lot of businesses in California that left the state because of stuff like that. Hint hint. Yeah. Oh, he's leaving. Sickle CAI they're going to end up moving uh, hopefully to New Hampshire they're free at some state point project soon. members. Now, so he um so he must have some suspicion, because the complaint was anonymous, but he's probably got a few people in mind that he's suspicious of in his office, right? Because he sure. did say she. He did say she, and um, I, but I would suspect that you know, maybe it's an office full of women, but I suspect he probably has an idea of who did it. Well, we know that SACL CAI is hiring Free Talk Live listeners. They have uh, job opportunities that have been posted at the Free Talk Live BBS. I think the Free Talk Live listeners would be less likely to snitch to the health department exactly. than most listeners. So get him, give him an excuse to give one of these girls, whoever it is, the axe. Well, uh, actually, he's, he's got openings, so he doesn't have to axe anybody at this point. Nonetheless. And, um, you know, likely the uh, the little lecture probably taught the person, hey, hmm, yeah, I guess I did kill everybody's bonus a little bit. Mm. So is that it? That's it. Okay. That's I love happened. the no smoking comrade. No size. smoking comrade. That's funny. No smoking comrade. <laughs> yeah, with the hammer and sickle. you got to put the hammer and sickle in there. You might as well. I mean, go all the way. I love it. <laughs> and that's really what it's about. You know, if he has a business and he wants to walk around smoking cigars in his business, he should be allowed to do that. There's no reason he shouldn't. If you don't yep. like, if you're an employee and don't you don't like the smell of cigars, which I can understand, then don't work there. Go work somewhere else or, hey, start your own business. You know, go into his office and say, look, I don't like cigar smoke. It just, it bothers me. I don't want to smell it. Then he can make a decision to himself, um, or, you know, do, do I want to smoke cigars in the office and possibly run off this employee? Mm-hmm. Um, who you're may a be, good employee. Who, who may be very valuable. Yeah. Um, he may say, you know... I understand you don't like cigar smoke, and I really want to have you around, so I'm going to give you a bonus to ignore my cigar smoke. Hmm. Okay? And then I can you know, d- d- decide how much that uh, hourly increase is or whatever, and I can right. decide for myself. Believe me, there's an amount that will cause me to sit in any kind of uh, putrid odor. I-, I can deal with it. So you know, that- that's something. Or he could say, well, I'm going to smoke cigars because I own the place, and if you don't like it, you can hit the road, Jack. Sure. 
And at which point I'd have to decide whether I want to hit the road or not. And that's the way it should be, with the marketplace deciding. The and people dealing with each other instead yeah. of snitching on each other to bureaucrats and hoping... I mean, what could have happened here? The whole business could, could have, have gone under sure. based on this jerk um, coming out and, and, and snitching like this. And then uh, all these people would have been out of work. Um, you know, Mike, who put years and years and years into this business, all, of, all the stuff he's worked for gone... Well, they probably would have fined them, but yes, it, eventually but it, it, it could, could happen. That. Sure. So sad stuff, and it's always sad. We've when seen stories where um, the the bureaucrats come in and shut everything down. Mm-hmm. It's always sad when employees do these sorts of things. When they go and they they snitch. Now, if something actually happened, you know, if you were uh, molested or uh, raped or you know some real crime actually right. occurred, if by force all means was used on you. Right. By all means, uh, definitely let somebody know. But in the case of, I know Julia was telling me that the restaurant she works at, somebody who'd been there for a little while got fired because they were an awful employee, and they went right to the state. Of course they and did. And complained, and all that. Yeah, you got to pay me because there's wrongful termination and blah, blah, blah. And, they were, you know, there was a court case, and they had to send one of the managers to court to testify. And, you know, the restaurant ended up winning because they were in the right, and they had documented the, the employee being bad and that sort of thing, and they'd covered their butt. But uh, just so sad that that's people's first response is, what? Snitching. I deserve this job. This is my job. And I've, you know, I've been here for five years and therefore I deserve to be here for the next 60 years. How dare you fire me? I'm going to show you I'm going to the state. And, uh, you know, the idea that that's the first thing that's, that comes into these people's heads. Is huh? Well, how can I get the? How can I really screw my former employer? What can the state do to help my situation out? Instead of just moving on and going and dropping some applications off at some businesses and, you know, moving on with your life. Right. No, no. I understand not wanting to own your own business, but that's the way you get to set the rules. Yeah. When you own the business and you do the work there. Um, and another way you get to set rules is by doing a superlative job. If, I mean, look, you know, I happen to be a co-host on this show, but probably my, my most important role is um, ad sales. You're not, you, Ian, are not going to be able to find an ad salesperson that's going to work uh, for the pay that I do in the way that I do because they're just uh, probably not. not they're, they're certainly not going to come along in the same quality. I can, I, I can set a lot of rules based on the fact that I bring to the table a skill set that it's called negotiating. Yeah, that, that no one that that you can't get otherwise. Right. So that's the way it's supposed to be. Yep. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to. The story that got a lot of coverage last week, we didn't talk about it. came across my desk, and I thought, well, you know, I put it in the show prep pile, but we never got to it, and there's so much stuff we never get to. But here we go. We have an excuse now, because they're talking about making a new law in relation to this story. The story is of Megan Meyer and a a 16-year-old fantasy boy named Josh Evans. Maybe you heard about this. Uh, Megan's a fantasy thir- boy. Megan was a 13-year-old suburban St. Louis girl who met a cute 16-year-old named Josh Evans last year on a social networking site, MySpace. They became close, but suddenly he turned on her, calling her names, saying she was a bad person and that everyone hates her. Others joined in the harassment, and the barrage culminated in Megan's October 16, 2006, suicide, just short of her 14th birthday. Well, as it turns out. The 16-year-old boy wasn't even real. He Mm. was created by a family that didn't like Megan, and now it's spinning out of control into new harassment laws, internet harassment. We'll come back and explore it. It's Free Talk Live. This 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free. We've got the archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website for your downloading convenience for free. FreeTalkLive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. USA Today reporting about the Megan Myers situation. Uh, Those of you who use the online social networking website MySpace might have caught wind of this story. It was actually, uh, I think it was uh, hit the front page of Drudge last week, so it was pretty big for a short time. Because it involved a bit of harassment. Intrigue. A bit of internet harassment, a bit of intrigue, um, and uh, some dishonesty. Basically what happened is you had a, a young lady, 13 years old, who met, she thought, a 16-year-old named Josh Evans on MySpace. They became close, then he turned on her and started calling her names and you know, just saying awful, mean things, as many young people say to one another. That's mm-hmm. what happens uh, in life. You just have people that are mean when you're younger. And some people can handle it, and some people can't. Megan was one of those who couldn't take it. She killed herself uh, uh, last year in October. Weeks later, Megan's grieving parents learned the boy didn't exist. He'd been fabricated by a neighbor. And get this, it was the mother of one of Megan's former friends. So it wasn't even another kid that was doing this. How awful that lady must feel to, to you know, like she came to from her viciousness. And and can you imagine? Like she, I, I would hope that she has the ability to put herself in the shoes of the other uh, mother and realize just how awful the thing is that she did, just how reprehensible. Well, police say the girls had a falling out, and the mother claims to have wanted to know what Megan was saying about her daughter. Who freaking cares? Well, that's how I feel, but it's just amazing to me that apparently some people care enough to spend their time pretending like they're a teenage boy online in order to extract information from a, another teenage girl. Right, so a 13-year-old girl, you know... This, this woman has nothing better to do, right, clearly. Right, this woman is, is, is clearly messed up. Look, you're supposed to be uh, teaching your child how to work in the real world, not... Like fighting their little battle, their little petty their little, little battles. battles. Right. The purpose of those battles is just to understand how to work in the world, real world, how yeah. to operate, and how to get along. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I mean, that that on its own is pretty sad. But uh, let's continue the story. Local police and the FBI investigated, but more than a year later, no criminal charges have been filed. Tonight, the Dardenne. I don't know what the uh, criminal charge would be. Well, they're trying to figure that out. Mm. In fact, they want to create a criminal charge. Tonight, the Darden Prairie Board of Aldermen will vote on whether to make Internet harassment a crime in its jurisdiction. But since a local newspaper columnist broke the story of Megan's death last week, the case has grabbed the attention of the blogosphere. The paper didn't identify the neighbor, and police say she committed no crime. But bloggers who see it differently have outed and humiliated the family online. The well, same- I don't see any problem with that. I don't either. Um, now, I, I, I do see a problem with, uh, you know... I, I can't see anything illegal that's been done here. The person did not perpetrate force. Uh, Megan, un, uh, as unfortunate of a choice mean. as it was, it was, it was nasty. really an awful thing, uh, but Megan didn't... Megan made her choice to commit suicide. Exactly. Um, the, 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 the adult is awful, but if the adult would have just 
I don't know. It it just it just doesn't translate into a criminal charge as far as I'm concerned. I agree with that. The St. Charles Journal decided to not identify the neighbor in the absence of criminal charges or a civil complaint, even though her name is in a police report on a related incident. Columnist Steve Puckin said he wanted to protect her daughter. Kids don't get to choose their parents, he said. But once the story was posted online, bloggers matched details in his lengthy piece with property records to come up with the name. Mm. Thousands of readers soon began posting hateful comments. They posted a map and satellite image of her home on the website RottenNeighbor.com, calling the family psychos who pushed a teenager to suicide. By the end of the week, bloggers had also posted her name, address, workplace, and phone numbers, as well as a photo of her husband from his employer's website. I, I can't say that any of that, any of that bothers me. How? I think this is awesome, personally. And As uh, far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, if, 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 if they run out of town based on um, the actions of this woman, then, you know... Uh, the, the husband has an option. He can divorce this awful, awful mm-hmm. person and say, "Look, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I'm divorcing her, or whatever, um, and and get away from her in that manner." Right. Um, the woman can, you know, she come made out, her bed, come, and now come she can lay in it publicly, do a mea culpa um, or whatever. She can come out and she can do a uh, scholarship fund and and uh, Megan's name, you know, promise to give a certain amount per month. Mm-hmm. All those kind of things. There's things that can be done sure. here. Um, she's not a, she's not the victim of anything. The phenomenon, by the way, has a name. It's called Internet Shaming, and it's sort of a newfangled version of ostracism. Mm-hmm. I love it. Daniel Solov, a law professor at George Washington University in Washington, D.C., and the author of The Future of Reputation, Gossip, Rumor, and Privacy on the Internet, he says if people catch people in a trans- transgression, increasingly they're posting their personal information online. It's bringing back a kind of mob justice, a posse that is very troubling. I don't know if I agree at all. I don't think there's anything mobbing about this. There's not actually an angry group of people with uh, f- you know, torches and pitchforks standing out in front of someone's house. It's just that someone did something stupid and they're you know they were unrepentant about it and so well i don't know whether she was repentant or not but uh it, it repentance it, being repentant really doesn't matter you can be as repentant as you want there's still certain punishments that go for certain oh, I um, understand. You know, guilty actions and whether you're repentant or not you still have to face the punishment to some i extent. just got the, uh, the impression that i got was that she wasn't repentant and she was just making excuses for why she was posing as a 16 year old boy on the internet oh i just wanted to know what he, the, she was saying about my daughter well i don't well. think that you can draw anything from um in that respect from newspaper You articles. used the internet lady, and now the internet's got you. Yeah, that much I'll agree with, Jan. And this is actually something I've seen here on the Free Talk Live BBS. There was one particular, there's one particular guy on there who people on the BBS took a disliking to. His name is Nathan the Troll. And uh, one gentleman dug up some info on the guy mm-hmm. and started posting his private info publicly on our BBS. I, I can't stop him from doing it. It's Nathan's not... got nice, gotten nice though now. Has he gotten nice? Yeah, I that, don't know. That, that's my understanding of it. Well, anyway, I didn't. I didn't really get. To, I don't get maybe into that the internet stuff. shaming. All worked. I do is search my name on the BBS. Maybe the ostracism was working, Mark. I don't. I don't have anything to say about what happened as a result of that. I'm just pointing out that this this it, stuff really goes on, and maybe it's effective. Anyway, Megan's mother, Tina Mayer. Meyer, who's 37, said Tuesday the civil suit is still an option, but obviously we're hoping the next step is that criminal charges are going to be filed against the family. Not sure what she's, what sort of charges are going to be filed. She also advised well, parents. She's, she's grieving, and I can certainly understand that sort of grieving, but yeah. um, you know that's not how 
that's not the role of justice, in my um, in my opinion. The role of justice is to see whether people actually committed a crime. I don't think that there was a, a force used here, so therefore I don't feel like there's a crime. She also advised parents to beware of adults pretending to be kids online, saying, I'm hoping parents will take an extra step and take a look at their MySpace accounts and Facebook accounts. It's not just kids. You can obviously have an adult, and it doesn't have to be a sexual predator. But there's no way to tell. I mean, you can't... You can't just go into your kid's MySpace account and see a letter from a, you know, what purports to be a 16-year-old boy. Right. They've got pictures of a 16-year-old boy on the account, so by all, you know, obviousness, it appears to be a 16-year-old boy. What you can do is you can tell your kids to take certain precautions when it comes to their online relationships. Mm-hmm. As far as if you find that this, you know, person, whether it be a boy or a girl, is very interesting and you think that you want to continue some sort of a relationship with that person, meet them in person, in physical reality. We'll talk more or, on or the way. Or get a validated Free picture. Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. And also enjoy uh, the wiki with over 1,400 pages, 1,450 pages, in fact, created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. It's free. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. All right, so we're talking about a story that broke, I think, last week. It's actually about a year old at this point, but it just hit the news a week ago. It's about a young girl, 13 years old at the time. This was in October of 2006. She was online on MySpace. She developed a relationship with who she thought was a 16-year-old named Josh Evans. Turns out, Josh wasn't real. In fact, he was created by, believe it or not, the mother of one of Megan's former friends. Yeah, like the girl had had an argument, and then the mother somehow got involved in it. Uh, petty little arguments between 13-year-old girls. I can't imagine right. how an adult can uh, see their way to do that, but apparently that's what happened. Right, and uh, so what happened was the, gir- uh, the girl was very upset because the boy wasn't real, had turned on her. It, it had been a very close, loving kind of online relationship, and then he all of a sudden became very mean and vitriolic, and that apparently allegedly encouraged her to, com- to, to commit suicide. Oh, it's a tragic story. It's awful. Certainly. I'm sure it did to some extent, but, you know, it, that's why it's called suicide, because you right. have the choice. She did it. Um, and she, you know, the girl probably already already had problems, teenage kids, you know, they... They just have problems. Yeah. So this, I'm sure, exacerbated that to an extent, and she killed herself. And now the family's very upset. They want the uh, the they want the family the, or the woman that posed as the teen boy online to be charged with something. There's not really anything to charge her with. She didn't really do anything that that involved destroying someone's property or stealing their money. She or didn't hurt her um, harming in anyone. a physical sense. Right. And. 
So, Making somebody feel bad should not be a crime. I agree, Mark. Unfortunately, now they're talking about making that into a crime. And that is very, very frightening for yeah. the whole freedom because of speech if, thing. Because if taunting or, um, you know, if taunting someone is is a crime, then, you know, where does it stop? It, exactly. I mean, if I look at you wrong, if I say, you jerk... You know, at what point is is who the, decides? Does this stop? Yeah, who decides? Some arbitrary bureaucrat will decide, right. and, and it'll cost you a fortune on... because you know how it goes in a criminal case. Um, the complainant comes in, complains. You have to then defend, you know, pay money to defend yourself. The complainant doesn't get charged anything. The uh, the authorities that uh, decided to take the case on don't get charged anything. You get charged, right? So, again, who's going to draw the line? Where will it be drawn? Of course, the line will continue to probably be redrawn over time and become more and more restrictive. Because there's always some little, uh, you know, bedwetting sap out there that uh, says that, oh, you can't say things that make people feel bad. Right. And it's, it's tragic. It's tragic. It is. And, and that's, that's why we have to watch out for this particular story. I don't want to, you know, say anything bad about Megan or anything like that, but she made her decisions. And she was, if she, if she tried to kill, her, kill herself, she was successful. What, what, uh, you know, there you go. You know, she got but, what she wanted. But if it wasn't that, what, what would it have been in the future? Her boy, first boyfriend breaking up with her? She was very fragile emotionally, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but it, there has to be more than that to her uh, for one little thing like that to make someone yeah, kill I, themselves. I, I think I would agree with that entirely. I mean, here's a person that, they, that she'd never even met. And uh, by the way, I mean, obviously Megan's just a young girl that didn't understand these tricks. But, you know, when you're talking to people online and meeting them, get a picture like we have the validated pictures on uh, – go, go to uh, shrine.freetalklive.com. Look at the validated pictures of those uh, listeners. You know that all those women that listen to the show actually listen because there's a little section at the bottom where the, sh- the, the Shrine of fa- – or the what is it? The Hall of Shame or something like mm-hmm. that where you can see people that faked it. Yes. It's difficult to fake. Just get a little um, picture that says, you know... Well, it's all the more Hi, difficult. Megan. It's all the more difficult to fake if you've been in a conversation with somebody online, mm-hmm. and this applies to teenagers and adults. Anybody who's conversating with somebody, conversing. Uh, I think conversating is also a word, but Mm-mm. conversing is is certainly a word as well. Anyway, anybody who is conversing with someone online, in the, especially for the purposes of a relationship or for the purposes of uh, you know getting to know that person better. It's really important to know that you're really dealing with a real person, mm-hmm. and there are people out there that fake their identities online. Right. There's a and whole lot of them. It's a hobby for some people. A telephone call isn't going to necessarily do it because you could be talking to a, um, you know, a, a, some girl that claims to be hot, and she's not. She's right. just faking it. But if you see pictures of the person first, see, anybody can create a MySpace profile with a bunch of pictures on it, right? Because you just go lift pictures from other people's profiles and then take those and put them into your own profile and create a person. So if you've seen pictures of what what is purported to be that person in the first place, and then you ask for a validated photo, if there's not actually any way, if that's not a real person, they're gonna have a darn they can't time. find. They're not gonna be able to find a picture of that person holding a blank sheet of paper so they can Photoshop on, you know, the uh, the statement that you're looking for to prove that they're real. Still rare. I mean, uh, it's a, there's a possibility they could, but it's very very likely. It's very very unlikely. Mm-hmm. So if you've already seen some pictures and then you ask for a validated photo, you're pretty much golden. But still, it's a better idea to meet the per- meet the 
meet the female or male person in I just in don't know life. if that's a, a good idea for a 13-year-old girl to go out meeting people. And uh, you know, the Well, kids go to the mall all the time, mm-hmm. and there's certainly a lot of people at the mall. Some yeah. of them could be dangerous, which is why the mall's a good place to meet, because you can go to a food court or something like that where there are a lot of people around and meet somebody there. There's no way you're going to get abducted right. from the food court in a Abducting mall. Abducting a... Uh, uh, 13-year-old girl uh, w- wouldn't be easy, but it wouldn't be that difficult. Uh, abducting one while their friend is around would be darn right. difficult. Exactly. And I think that's where this really needs that, that's where this discussion really needs to go. And I want to have you chime in as well if you've had experience meeting people online. What went wrong? What did you change? What do you know to do now that you didn't know to do in the past? Obviously, physically meeting the person in uh, real life is important, um, but also educating your kids as to these realities is also important. Look, there's a chance your kids are going to come on, uh, come up upon some sicko online. Certainly that chance. A good chance. Uh, and and just because you've got a son online doesn't mean that he's not going to come again. You know, come up on a sicko. There's certainly doesn't mean of, he's not a sicko. There's certainly <laughs> plenty of guys out there interested in little boys. So don't just don't think because you got a teen boy that he's safe. Uh, and so there's the sicko factor. There's also just the the person just effing around on the internet factor, mm-hmm. wasting your kids' time. Somebody getting... who has no life, yeah. who, like this woman, who would would create a personality for right. of a 16 year old boy to go and bother some 13 year old girl who you know had an argument with her daughter. I mean that that's just. That just goes to show there are a lot of people out there that just have more time than sense. So making your kids aware of these possibilities in the first place is important. Obviously, it would be great if you already had a, a really wonderful communicative, uh, communicative relationship with your uh, with your daughter or son. That way they could come to you and, and say, you know, hey, Dad, I got this weird message from this guy today. I wanted to share it with you. And then, you know, go through these things together if possible. Obviously, that depends on your relationship, but... You know, if you're not talking to your kids, then you've got a whole lot of other problems to yeah. deal with. So talking to your kids and informing them about the Internet and the types of people that they can meet and how to be careful is really, really critical. And if you've got tips, we'd love to hear you. But back to the story here. Uh, the mayor, who's a mother of five, says she's frustrated there have been no charges. She says it's more than astounding. It's like, come on, guys, find something that fits. The proposed ordinance would make online harassment a Class B misdemeanor, See, punishable that, by... Find something that fits. Don't, you know, it's just it's ludicrous that you would right. find something that fit. That means that this woman is willing to bend the law, whatever it takes, in mm-hmm. order to punish these people. Sure. And that is not the role of justice. Well, it, the, uh, the proposal on the table is that this could become a Class B misdemeanor, online harassment, punishable and, by a $500 fine and up to nine, uh, excuse me, 90 days in jail. And what, what, what's the point of a $500? fine in this instance. Well, the government will make out. Right, the government makes out, but so what if this woman gets a $500 fine? Let's bring Megan back. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show, Free Talk Live, and what about the people that were ostracizing? Wouldn't they be guilty, too? Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, you can go shopping with us online at amazon.freetalklive.com. Purchase brand new items, used items, whatever you want. If you enter Amazon through that link... Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. This is the same great prices and same great deals. Uh, it's Amazon. You know them. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Start your shopping there. And for all kinds of things Free Talk Live related, 
We talk live T-shirts and hats and hoodies and uh, the lighter bottle opener combo, flags, and more. Go to store.freetalklive.com because Amazon doesn't sell that stuff. That's us, store.freetalklive.com. We're talking about a story out of USA Today discussing online harassment. Uh, What sparked all of this was a 13-year-old suburban St. Louis girl who thought she'd met a 16-year-old cutie named Josh Evans on MySpace. Turns out Josh wasn't real. Just a collection of photos of some other kids somewhere else uh, that were put together, cobbled together by the the mother of a former friend of the the 13-year-old girls. And the mother was acting as though she were a 16-year-old boy in order to get inside the head of Megan, who's the 13-year-old. Um, Megan was upset after she found out that Josh wasn't real. He started uh, saying awful things to her and just being mean. She ended up killing herself. And now the government of uh, this particular uh, St. Louis area town is talking about passing legislation that could make it a Class B misdemeanor punishable by a $500 fine and up to 90 days in jail for so-called online harassment. It's also being pushed as a resolution asking state lawmakers to make online harassment a felony statewide. County Prosecutor Jack Banus said Monday he'd look into the case, but that he'd yet to meet with the Meyer family or read the details of reports. He wouldn't say whether he'll bring charges, but noted that no one had found charges warranted. Well, that Jack Banus may have been harassed when he was a kid. Everybody was harassed as a kid. And it's not going to solve the harassment problem to put the to put the meanies in a jail cell for 90 days. That would just make me more upset, having to go to jail for something like that. And uh, and I also asked before we went to the break, what about the ostracizers? Because the the marketplace has managed to come to the aid of this uh, particular family, this mm-hmm. aggrieved family, by outing the. Uh, Outing the culprits, this woman that posed as the 16-year-old boy online, somebody in the blogosphere found her information. They figured out where she lived. They posted all of her private information, uh, posted photos, posted her her address, where she works, her husband's photo, information about the family, all kinds of info, phone number, posted it all online for people to see. And uh, essentially, they're socially ostracizing these people on the Internet. Now, would that not qualify as online harassment? Posting uh, it, private info? Absolutely would. Posting and, nasty comments? You know, now real justice is being served because the go- what the government's proposing to do is uh, give up to 90 days in jail or mm-hmm. and or up to a $500 fine, which that isn't going to do anything for anyone. Um, whereas, you know, in, in the marketplace, this woman's truly being ostracized. And that's just the right thing to have um, have happen, as far as I'm concerned. She's, you know, all kinds of terrible things are happening to her based on the fact that she, you know, did this awful thing. And and we made a great point earlier, which is, you know, this girl this girl had problems of her own. Sure. If she killed herself because some 16 year old boy whom she had never met said mean things to her on the internet. Wouldn't she have likely have killed herself that when she had her first real boyfriend or sure. something and he broke up with her? I mean, I, I said some mean things to girls in high school. That would be even more harsh. I mean, to get a breakup in person as opposed to an internet email or something? Much more harsh. I mean, sh- should I serve time for having told some girl in high school that I thought she was ugly? I wonder why this mother is so upset at this girl who took her own life. Was there something, because a lot of times mothers and parents will become like that when they feel their child has been hurt in some way. 
Who knows what all the backstory is? Yeah. I'm not but, sure. Yeah, they're both nuts. How's but, that? But the real yeah. issue here, there are two issues here. Number one is helping your kids understand how to behave online and understand online etiquette and how to meet people from online in real life and, and validate claims and that sort of thing. And then the other side of this is the, the absurdity of proposing a law against online harassment. Right. I mean, look, people say mean things in life, and one of the wonderful things about living here in America is that that's okay. We don't like them for saying it and you can ostracize them and shut them out but they have the they have the freedom in a public place uh to say those things and if you don't like it don't listen go somewhere else delete the emails block the accounts there are ways to deal with these situations right it's like the 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 indication here is that in fact Megan didn't have any control at all. She opened up every one of those emails that this fake little boy yep. sent her, and she read them. That's not harassment. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's not. Any more than somebody, you know, if, if I have a listener out there that's... Well, now, wait a minute, Mark. It could be harassment, but it shouldn't be a crime. Well, so, for instance, MySpace could have a policy against harassment. Now, if there were threats of violence, that. I think that that might be something different. Now, there was no indication well, now, of that. now, a threat is different from harassment. Right. There's no indication of that from the story that there was, in fact, no. a threat of violence. No, no, no. Threats but, are far more serious than harassment. Harassment's just, eh, yeah. just annoying. And if I have a listener who writes me letters that's, and, you know, call me names, that's, I have the option every single time to open up that letter and read that um, right. You know that letter, and likely I will not. You because I ignored them. Just got better things to do. Well, when you have self-esteem, you don't believe it when people say those things mm-hmm. about you. Sure, and thirteen-year-old girls aren't known for their self-esteem. They aren't the, uh, you know, the 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 best uh, people to to pick for that. Certainly the case. I want to hear from you if you've got some tips for meeting people online. Maybe you've made some mistakes in your life and want to share them with us. Some learning experiences. Would love to hear those. Um, also, your thoughts on this absurd idea. Maybe you don't think it's absurd. Maybe you yeah. think it's good uh, that there's going to be a new law created. A misdemeanor crime for online harassment. There are a lot of people calling for this. Yeah. And I would say that is going to be, uh, you know, the day free speech dies in America. Oh, let's, come on. That's, uh, well, it, it's going to open a big Pandora's box, Mark. It would it would do that. Let's free, speech, speech, free speech has already been kicked in the teeth a couple of times. That's true. Let's talk to Bill in Oklahoma on the amp line. Hey, Bill. Hi, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Well, I've got a couple points that I'd like to make. Um, first of all, this new legislation is meaningless and pointless. This lady could already be serving jail time as is. Okay. Wait, who should be serving jail time? The, the lady that perpetrated the, the, the fraud. Why? Okay. Well, how, how, how would she... Wire have... fraud, for one, that, that has a maximum of 10 years in, in prison. Wire she... fraud for posing yeah. as, an, as somebody else? See, wire yeah. fraud's one of those crappy but charges out there. She because... didn't defraud anyone. She didn't take money from the girl. She defraud She defraud the little girl of a materialistic value, which is a relationship. Now, hold on just a second. If I go in a bar and I'm uh, and I meet a girl and I tell her <laughs> an a- I'm an astronaut and I um, you know get a that's couple of fraud. drinks in her, what's that? That's fraud. You're that's out of your the, mind. That's fraud. No, that, that is fraud. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Te- it's, it's technically fraud. It's deception. But it's nobody's no fraud. going to pursue it. That's the that's the thing. They're just going to dismiss you as a liar. That's it. And, right, and, and that's what this woman is. And then that's what moves on. Fraud, fraud has to do with um, taking material from someone. That, you have to well, take... yeah, but who is it to say that a relationship is considered materialistic? The, the people that can touch it can call it materialistic. Well, yeah, and this girl and... obviously thought she could touch this guy named Josh, too, well, but... but you can't touch a relationship. You could touch a guy. Well, okay, <laughs> there, there, you just proved my point. She thinks this kid's real. She thinks he's a real right. object but that nothing she can was take... interact with, that she can touch. But this kid was not hers. 
All it right, did not belong all, to her. Let me stop this conversation for a moment. Let's get a definition in the uh, the picture Legal definition here. for Black's Law Book? No, it's not a legal definition. That's what, that's what we need know. to talk about here. Schmeagle, yeah, okay. I don't care what legal definitions say. That's I care about the actual definition. Fraud, deceit, trickery, sharp practice, or breach of confidence perpetrated for profit or to gain some unfair or dishonest advantage. See, that's too broad. You need You need a very precise definition and you know the precise definition is is that you have to you know get somebody something from somebody some certain amount of money you defraud there them you out go. Of dictionary of law any act expression of course it's twice as long any act expression omission or concealment calculated to deceive another to his or her disadvantage uh, specifically a misrepresentation or concealment with reference to some fact material to a transaction that is made with knowledge or its of its falsity or in reckless disregard of its truth or falsity and with the intent to deceive another and that is reasonably relied on by the other who is injured thereby. It's just a longer well, version. But it's, it's clear that it's a transaction. Like that that was that was the the thing. You know, it's you know a bunch of lies, a bunch of words for lying um, in order to get something out of a transaction. And that's that's the long and the short of it. I'm I just. I, I feel really bad. Megan was, was likely a very nice girl. Her parents loved her and all that good stuff. But I want to give Bill a fair shot at responding to this. Bill, will you hang on? Sure. We'll bring you back in hour three. 800-259-9231. Uh, talking about the Internet. And is it fraudulent? I mean, it is certainly fraudulent by the regular definition of fraud to pose as someone else online. Should that be a crime? I don't think so. That's there are some people that have fun doing that online. Where, is, um, do for fun. where does freedom of speech um, come in, in in the area of lying? I just don't think you can, you know, fraud is trying to take something from someone. I agree with that, Mark. 1-800-259-9231. We'll see what Bill has to say and take your calls as well. Do you have tips on how to protect kids online, young people, meeting people online? What have you learned from your experiences? This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything the toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us as we launch into hour number three of the program. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. We started talking about a topic last hour, and we're going to continue it here, so allow me to recap briefly for those of you just tuning in. It's a topic that covers a couple of important areas of discussion and one that hopefully you'll be able to chime in at and uh, put your two cents in. But the issue involves a little bit of online deception. In fact, online deception that went to the point to where a young girl committed suicide. The story is about a uh, 13-year-old girl named Megan Meyer in a suburb of St. Louis. She thought she met uh, she had met a, thir- a 16-year-old named Josh online on MySpace. Turns out Josh was not real. Though things were going very lovey-dovey for a little while, Josh all of a sudden got nasty and mean, started saying awful things to, to young Megan, and uh, being a 13-year-old girl, not having a lot of self-esteem in the first place, um, and I'm sure there were other problems in her life, she killed herself. Uh, now the family's pretty distraught, they're pretty upset, they want answers, they certainly want some sort of punishment to come to uh, the, the, the culprit in this case. And in this case, interestingly enough, the culprit was a mother 
a mother of one of Megan's friends. Well, one-time friends. They'd had a falling out. And the mom claims that she was online posing as a young boy to find out what Megan was saying about her daughter. This is really a lot of teenage drama, which is very, very silly uh, for but a But everybody's mom. gone through it, so they sort of understand. Well, mom apparently got a, I think she got a little too involved here. Oh, but, I would absolutely concur. But it brings us to two to two issues that we were discussing. Number 1, that is how to help young people and people in general. Adults need this help too. Uh how to stay safe online from sickos and weirdos and just people that are trying to fool you. People with too much time on their hands. Yeah, because there's a lot of this going on. There are a lot of people that have created fake MySpace profiles and that sort of thing pretending to be someone they're not. And uh many of them are very very good at it so that's one aspect and i want to know from you have you had experience with this have you maybe you've been on the side of fooling people or maybe you've been fooled maybe you've been suckered and you know you met somebody and they you weren't they weren't what you thought they were going to be how did they trick you you know there are certain certain ways that the myspace people take pictures that are very very oh i don't know conciliatory they don't reveal their entire self and it's right. it's, it's very interesting there are a lot of tricks out there so if you can share some of that with us we'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231 the other side of this story is the legal issue. And that is that this particular area, St. Louis, Missouri, is now looking, I don't think it's actually St. Louis's suburb, but anyway, they're looking at at, uh, making online harassment a crime, a misdemeanor, subject to a several hundred dollar fine and up to 90 days in jail. And I would like to know if there's anyone out there that thinks that's a good idea. Do we need to have laws on the books that say you can't say mean things about other people? I can't believe that there are people that support that. I understand that that emotions are running high with this particular case, but that's freedom of speech, my friends. And the fact is, you don't have the freedom to be uh, to not be offended in America. People can say offensive things, and that's and, really what happened with Megan. She was offended. Right. She was deeply, deeply offended by what was said to her. And uh, so that's what's great about living here is that, you know, because we have the freedom of speech, we have the freedom to criticize. We have the freedom to be mean. I wouldn't recommend that you do be mean, but people can be mean and they shouldn't have to be, you know, worried about going to a jail cell because of it. Now, freedom of speech wasn't necessarily created so people could be mean uh, to one another. It was really more created so people could speak out against tyranny and speak out against, uh, you know, a a bad government. One of the ways that they speak out against tyranny is by being mean to those politicians that are, you know. Right. Can you imagine? There's all kinds of mean things said about King George. Right. And that's the problem here. And so in... to I, don't mean our cur- I don't mean our current King George. I meant right. the one uh, back in the Revolution. So, so to go along with that idea, <laughs> since we're protecting the uh, people's ability to say mean things about politicians, we also have to protect their ability to say mean things about anybody should they want to. And again, that's only in a public area. You can't walk into my house and start saying mean things to me because it's my not house. And, not and stay there, no. Right. I'm going to kick you out. That's why private property changes the rules. When you're on private property... Freedom of speech doesn't apply unless the private property owner wants to grant you that freedom of speech. So, uh, with that in mind, how do you feel about this idea of online harassment being a crime in America? And again, where would the lines be drawn? Well, I would guess they'd continually be redrawn. They'd set one set of rules and then they'd change it because somebody else would cross that line and they'd decide, well, we didn't make this strict enough. And then they need to make it more and more restrictive. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you can't criticize anybody anymore. You can't call anybody a, a, you know, a bad word or a, a mean name or you can't get upset because you'd be fr- frightened to death of possibly going to jail. And I think that's uh, that's very, very scary situation for america to be in and it's 
disturbing to me that Americans are clamoring for laws like this. At least some Americans are. And I'd like to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Let's go back to Bill in Oklahoma. Bill, who had a few points but really wasn't able to make them in the last uh, remaining moments of the last hour. So go ahead, sir. Well, aside from the, my fraud argument, there's also, you know, if they want to push it, they can track down this picture, the person whose photo appears on this said profile. Have, and I'm assuming that this uh, is a picture of a child. It have to have the parents file suit and have her brought up on copyright infringement or trademark infringement charges. So, I mean, to sit here and propose new legislation to correct a problem that can already be solved already is redundant. That's my first point. My second point... So wait a minute. Let me see if I understand. You're saying that the parents of the girl who killed herself should try to find the original photos of the young man who was purported to be the 16-year-old but didn't really exist and then bring some sort of copyright violation charge. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, the kid, this kid did exist. I mean, that, that's not uh, that's not in dispute. Obviously, he had to have existed at one point. Otherwise, the picture wouldn't exist. Now, it would have to be the, uh, the owner of the photo to bring those charges, right? Well... Well, it could be the owner of the person who has the photos in possession, or the per the the the, uh, the the person who um, uh, was taking the picture up. Um, for instance, if I go to you, or you know, if I go to the studios, the Free Talk Live, and I start snapping pictures, blah 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 blah, and I happen to pick a picture up of of Mark, and I pick up a picture of Ian, mm-hmm. you guys have the right to tell me I can't do what I want to do with those photos. I don't know that I do. If I've allowed you to take pictures, then if you allow me to take them, that's one thing. Without I, without some kind of uh, you know contract uh, you know drawn up between us, then a verbal contract is still admissible in court. What is it? A verbal contract would be admissible, but it, you know it's... right. Well, we would have let you in here and take those photos. It's not like you can just barge in well, and no, start I'm taking just saying, pictures. I mean, if I were to take them unknow- uh, you know, unknowingly. If, if I just was standing out in the bushes somewhere and start snapping photos, unmore, unbeknownst to either one of you, and all of a sudden you see a picture pop up on a website, you have the right to uh, hammer me with a cease and desist. Order. I don't no, agree. I, I disagree. If you got my picture um, you know, without my knowledge, you had to have gotten it either through a window or while I was out in public. Right. So if, if I'm out in public, open. then I'm out in public. As far as I'm concerned, pictures can be taken at that point, whether you're a celebrity or not, and the law does make a distinction there. I don't. I do not. Um, if it's through a window, then... Pull your blinds if you don't want people to take right. pictures it's of you. It's our fault. It's it would be our fault for leaving our blinds open. Therefore, we would be subject to now, f- being photographed. The point you're making on the photograph and the person you know you know calling fraud there. Can you if you took a picture of me and and uh, then I could bring fraud charges? Say say my picture my, my likeness was the little boy. What if you photoshopped it okay. ever so slightly? Then it would no longer in fact be a picture of me. Yeah, I'm still creating. I'm still perpetrating wire fraud. Now, what if am, what if the woman I'm, was some kind of um, genius? This wire fraud argument, I, I don't go for it at all. Yeah, this, you're, you're you're confusing fraud with deception. Uh, when you defraud somebody, you're trying to take something you, from you them. You defraud somebody by ways of electronic means. That's technically definition of wire fraud. Well, hold, wait a second. Wait a second. Now, what, when Ian comes on the air every once in a while, he'll do a George Bush voice. Yeah, I'm the, uh, I'm the decider. <laughs> he'll do a little George Bush voice. That's parody. Yes, but it's done over, um, you know, over the airwaves. So therefore, it fits into what your definition of wire fraud is, which is a, you know, fraudulent, uh, you know, a, a, a uh, fallacious, definition. fallacious Ian, definition of but, wire fraud. Somebody could be fooled, have, right? Somebody but, could no, think. Ian, but Ian does not go on uh, national radio impersonating the president to cause harm to George W. Bush. There's, there, in, in this particular case, this person obviously was trying to do harm to this little girl. Wait a Whether second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on. The person was not trying to 
to harm the girl necessarily. They were trying to make her feel bad and everything. And what That's if some funny. lunatic out there heard Ian say something um, in the George Bush's voice, took it um, as seriously something that George Bush said, because that's really a closer, um, you know, uh, parallel to what happened here, and they decided to kill themselves. Would Ian be a murderer? <laughs> right, your definition stinks. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Hey, thanks for the I call, like Bill. You. I don't like your definition. Appreciate the call, man. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollars had its offices raided and all of its precious metals seized last week. To find out more, go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates. To get help, or to help rather, get a paper Liberty Dollar and sign up for the class action suit also at LibertyDollar.org. Don't let the federal government shut down this important alternative in currency. LibertyDollar.org. Just a few more thoughts on the uh, debate here. By the way, I'm surprised no one has called in to share their online tips as far as uh, some of the mistakes you've made perhaps in the past. I know you've it's made embarrassing, them. I would imagine. I know you've made them. You, can, you don't have to give your real name. I want to hear uh, your stories. 800-259-9231. Otherwise, we'll keep discussing uh, just a few more thoughts on this issue of, you know, is this fraud? Is this fraud? Is it fraud for someone to go online and pose as someone who they are not in order to simply harass, in order to cause a little bit of mental anguish? Is that fraudulent? Yes, it is dishonest. It is fraudulent in that manner. But by the legal definition of fraud and in the the in the common usage of fraud, I think that, no, it doesn't fit. Fraud, as you're saying, Mark, has to do with, you know, products and services. I don't and know that, I don't know how it's being used by uh, lawyers these days, but I can tell you that that's what it meant. And monetary transactions. Right. You have to lose something. You have to lie to me in some way in order to get something from me. What something if, tangible. What if I lose my virginity? It's not tangible. Well, okay, yeah, you're right about that. I guess in some cases it is, but... You still have your little hymen. Um, It's just in a different shape than it was. Um, so, so you're saying it's not fraud if you go into a bar and someone lies about their bra size or something like that. Right. That's not fraud. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just... It's foolish. If I if I go to a bar and, like I used the example earlier, and claim to be an astronaut, manage to take a woman home enough, silly silly enough to believe me, <laughs> then, well, you know, that's the way that goes. Don't go home with guys that claim to be astronauts. Well, that's why we have the phrase caveat emptor, because there are dishonest people out there. Whether they're trying to sell you something or just trying to sell themselves to you, people are going to lie, and well, you should yeah, be people, aware of people that. People are going to lie, and, you know, basically 99% of people will lie given the right circumstances. I'm sure there's a certain amount of people out there that won't. I've never met any of them. Um, but, you know, given the right circumstances, they will let the truth slide in some manner or another. Like when, uh, you know, your wife might come home with uh, a new something she bought at the store. Honey, how does this look? And it looks awful. Right. What do you well, say? I, you, that would be, I, I, I would tell her what I meant, I thought, but I yeah. think that a, a lot of a lot guys of, wouldn't. Well, uh, with a lot of women, I probably wouldn't either. With mm. my wife, I can, you know, tell her exactly what yeah. I think about whatever it is. And, you know, I would hope that she would tell me the same. 
And, you know, she tells me about what I'm dressed in. I just don't care. I can but the fact is, if back. you told her otherwise, if you told a little white lie in that particular case, would that be fraud? Would you be able to be prosecuted for that? It's just not fraud, no. Right. Um, lying is it's freedom of speech. Even when you look at, at the Ten Commandments, the only lying that is outlawed by the Ten Commandments, which were laws for the Jews, among a, a, a myriad of others, um, the only lying that was outlawed was bearing false witness against your neighbor. They didn't even fraud wasn't even considered uh, hmm. a, a sin at that. Well, there point. was no stealing, right? No. Thou shalt not steal. There right? was yeah, no, no stealing, but I don't think that that's, that's perhaps fraudulent. Perhaps, um, but there, there's different societies are different about fraud. There's some societies basically say, you know, well, if you can if you can get it out of their hands in whatever manner without hurting mm-hmm. them, then it's yours. But you couldn't bear a false witness against your neighbor, which means that you couldn't lie in court. You couldn't say Ian stole my such and such if you didn't. Right. So. I've got one for you, Mark. What if you were single and you're in a bar, you had a few beers, and this really hot-looking woman comes in, and you start buying her a few drinks. You know, you know what's going to happen, and you, you know you go home with her, and you find out it was a she-male. Is that fraud? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's it's not fraud, but uh, that person is. As far as I'm concerned, they're they've uh, left themselves open to an ass beating. <laughs> yeah, you're going to take that position again, Mark. You got in so much trouble for that before. I, you I'm would telling be you, so you would see, be in some deep s if you did something like that, because then you would be initiating force on someone, Mark. How dare you suggest that? Well, I understand that you um, you never you never go for initiation of force. You don't believe that a person should throw the first punch, but I believe that if you you know if. Uh, if, for instance, a person's standing on the corner screaming the N-word at uh, my black friend, yeah, like, I've got the ability to go over there and beat the crap out of them. I do believe that. You have the ability. I dueling, anybody has the ability to throw a punch, but it's wrong to do so, Mark. It's, I believe that dueling is, um, it, it, you know, it's a fair way to solve problems. Well, no, there's a difference between a duel and going over and sucker punching somebody, right. sir. Right, and as far as I'm concerned, you've initiated a duel by that level of uh, deceit or that level of uh, vitriol. I think you have some severe problems going on in your little head. Wayne, how do you feel about that? Do you think that uh, justifies attacking somebody? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, one time I was walking into a studio in Hollywood, and I had shorts on. It was a warm day, and uh, I, all of a sudden I heard this, this person, and it was this really heavy-set hooker uh, on the corner yelling at me, yelling like, Hey, baby, and, and saying lots of sexu- sexually explicit things. Mm-hmm. And as I turned around, uh, there, there were two directions I could have gone in. One is I could have said, you know, F you and all that, all, every other thing. You know, I'm Italian. I know, I know the words. Okay. Uh, but instead, I just looked at her for a second, and I just showed her how hurt I was that she would not show respect for me. And in that moment, it, it seemed like 10 minutes. You know, all of a sudden, she just quieted down. You know, it, it was it was just amazing how sometimes not using force and just showing somebody in that way how you feel or how they hurt you. Yep. I think that um, the, I think there's a lot of value to that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that by you saying that uh, you would fight somebody if they were yelling something objectionable on the corner of the street at a friend of yours, that you would go up and initiate force on that person, really just goes to show how uh, dangerous your viewpoint is, Mark. That's I, an awful thing to say, and I'm embarrassed to be sitting in the same I, room you know, with you right the, now. The fact I understand why you don't like the idea of fighting. Ian, you're skinny, and you can't fight. Yeah. But <laughs> enough from you. Let's uh, talk to Joe in Ann Arbor, listening on WAAM. Joe, you're on Hello. Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, you're on the air. What's on your mind, Joe? Uh, well, yeah, you know, I was, I was hearing you talk about, about making fake IDs on the Internet, and I don't think you all know, know how it's done, you know. I mean, I've done hundreds of them. Fake and, IDs? Uh, we weren't talking about uh, that exactly, but go ahead. Well, well, yeah, you were earlier, but anyway, 
Wait, wait, um, now are you saying fake IDs like a uh, oh, driver's I, I license? I guess a fake identity. Or do you mean a fake identity? No, I mean, I mean, make yourself into a fake person, pretend you're someone else. Great, okay. okay. And uh, uh, what I do anyway is, uh, you know, I find someone else's picture on the Internet. I mean, uh, you know, there's like modeling sites where you can just get bunches of pictures all of the same person and, uh, you know, just, just make up a whole uh, whole little biography and... Uh, so they have sites. It, they know? have sites dedicated to, for people to, to who want to do this. No, no, no. no. He's just no, saying he's it, lifting it, pictures it, from okay, websites. Okay, That's all. Sorry. Now, what's the purpose of this for you? Is it fun? Yeah. There's what, something to do. What huh? do you? Where do you do it? Do you do it on MySpace? What's your uh, your mo? Well, I'm not going to tell you all the details, but yeah. Well, well, you know, you could with MySpace. There's you know, there's like a whole bunch of sites where. You know, you know, people have IDs and they talk to each other. There's game sites, you know, and they all have IDs and you, and you talk to each other. I don't want to, you know, for one thing, if I'm on the internet, you know, you know, playing a game or something, playing backgammon, I don't want to tell the person who I'm playing with anything about myself. Yeah, so they I don't need too many facts. Right. So you're so, not doing you know, it to necessarily uh, fool anyone into thinking you're someone else. I mean, this is are these long-term relationships you're getting into, or just for short-term? Uh, well, gameplay. Well, you know, I talk to the same people over and over again. I'd yeah, like to I explore mean, more of this with you. If you can hang on, we're going to bring you back. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free. Bulletin board system included with over 300,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. There you go, you thug. Read that. <laughs> 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 the new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings. Do you think that's initiation of force, shooting smoke rings? 12 feet. <laughs> no. With a blue LED light to light them up. You can get the Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or in a Mini Blaster. Get your blaster at ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com. It's great for Christmas. I'm regretting, I am regretting saying that you are a libertarian, Mark, after these comments tonight that you've been making, walking up to someone in the street and attacking them for screaming obscenity. No, it's not necessarily obscenities. It's the wrong kind of obscenities. Yeah, the ones you don't like, the ones you don't want to hear. You know, it's, I think that people run that risk in society. By the street, then. What's that? By the street. Right. I understand, you I understand your libertarian principles, and I love the fact that you have strong libertarian principles. I don't think that simply because I don't hold every single one of them that you do... There's only one, my friend. It's the non-initiation of force. Get with the program. Yeah, Let's well, go back to the phones and talk to uh, Joe back in Ann Arbor listening on WAAM. Joe, uh, you were telling us that you have made a number of fake personalities on the Internet, and you've used them over and over again, usually in a uh, gaming situation where you're playing uh, backgammon or something like that online. How far will you go to develop these uh, these online personas? Oh, uh, it... it uh, uh doesn't take very long. I mean, I mean, you know, five minutes. I've got one made. But uh, let me tell you something else, though, that I um, I uh, thought about. You know, you know, I've been on dating sites, and uh, well, like you know, you'll be chatting with someone, and of course, everyone's got a screen name. But then I'll look up that person's screen name, and they made a Yahoo ID, and for some reason, they they put in their real address, their real uh, 
um, uh, you know, city and state. Well, then I'll, I'll do a people search on them, and, and I have sent those people a satellite photo of their house. And they <laughs> think that they're being, being incognito because they've got this goofy um, uh, screen name. And, uh, uh, you know, after doing that, I've emailed them and told them, says, hey, you know, I'm not a weirdo. You know, you know, don't worry about it, but just, just, just uh, be more careful. You're just something letting you them should, something you should watch out yeah, for. Yeah, you're just doing them a favor of letting them know how you how much you are able to find out about them based on the information they posted online. Right, and and it's uh, you know really really doesn't take a genius. I mean, it's you know it's not that hard. But when you make your ID, don't tell them the right city and state. Don't tell them your address or anything like that. You know, just make it all up. So now you are going online, you're creating profiles. How many different personalities do you have online? Oh, I don't know, maybe maybe a dozen or so. A dozen. How do you keep track of, I mean, how often do you use all of the dozen? <laughs> well, uh, a lot of them keep expiring because I, I, I don't use them often enough. But uh, uh, I've, I've emailed all of the information uh, to myself, you know, you know, just so I can... Keep track of it. Uh, Got notes. Like my birthday and stuff, you know. I mean, it's you know, you know, what year I was born. Yeah, that birthday first... thing is the craziest thing. Uh, you know, all these uh, network sites that allow you to put your birthday in. Doesn't that sound crazy? Your, your date of birth is a, one of these identifying factors that people use to create, uh, I, uh, you know, false, real false uh, identities. You know, the the, the fraudulent kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, use your credit and that kind of thing. Seems just crazy to me to put your DOB. Would you put your social security number on there? Oh, good heavens. <laughs> it's crazy. Some people no. Will. I so. don't tell them anything about myself that's, that's true. Every single word of it is a lie. Now, the purpose of this is to do what exactly? Well, it's, part, it's partly to protect myself, and it's, and, it's, and it's just to play with people. So you just like messing with people's heads, basically. How far yeah. will you take it? Can you give us a, an example of how far uh, you have gone? <laughs> Not over the radio, but uh, is it is it no, that no, dirty? I'm not going to drive some girl to to uh, kill herself. I mean, well, that's I crazy. think that in this particular instance, but, uh, but, but, but the thing is, when you're on when you're on the internet and you're talking to somebody, you have no idea who that is. That could be me. Just, sure. You, you know, anyone out there listening, just realize this: when you're talking to someone, it could be me. I guess you know you could be clever and say, "Okay, send me a picture of yourself holding today's newspaper." Now that would. That would throw me. I mean, that would take effort to try and do that, so I'm not going to bother. I'm not You'd give up. You, you just stop talking to that person. A lot right? of effort. <laughs> if someone asked you to go through that sort of a, um, jump through that sort of a hoop, you would just sort of break ties with them, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just disappear, essentially? Yeah, right, right. I just, I would just, just dump them. Right. So there are de- certainly ways to catch people like you. Are there any other ways that you might uh, suggest to people to, uh, to be careful about? Ask them for well, yeah. Ask them for their phone number and talk to them. I mean, uh, uh, because you know, you know, I don't know how to how to how to fake I'm somebody you know with a phone number. I mean, but yeah, if all you're going by is is what you've done on the internet, you have no idea, you know, you, you know what what. Um, any of it is. You know, the funniest thing about all this is that there are so many people like you, Joe. Um, one of my my ex-girlfriends, she used to do these things. She didn't have 12 personalities. She would only really focus on one uh, at a time. But she would go after, you know, she she was ba- she was basically creating uh, fake females on MySpace and suckering guys into thinking that, you know, she was this hot chick and uh, that but she was But in her case, in she could have very well been a hot chick if she's on the telephone. She could have been. Um, and so that doesn't always necessarily work. 
But uh, Joe could pretend to be a 35-year-old guy instead of a 45-year-old guy. Yeah, he could. But um, but it's, oh, what, what's interesting is that uh, there are so many people out there creating false profiles that inevitably there must be fakes talking to fakes. <laughs> like, has to be. Joe's out right, there right. being a fake person, and at the same time, the other person on the other side is also faking Joe out at the same time. And it's just kind of funny, like all these people spending this time doing that. But mm-hmm. Joe, I'm glad you called in to share your, uh, to share your story, because I'm very familiar with the, uh, the techniques. And I know that there's a lot of this going on. People just need to be careful. That's all. It's fun otherwise. If you're having fun, then okay. If people are being put at risk, then that's another situation. Joe, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's continue here. And, and that's what I'm talking about is you know risk management. How do we keep young people safe? How do we keep adults safe from the dangerous ones? Joe's just having fun. He's just you know messing with people's heads. I really hope so. There are the ones that are out there creating profiles for the purposes of uh, fooling people into meeting them and then maybe doing awful things to them. You know, there is that element of danger out there, in which case, uh, as I suggested earlier, and I'll suggest it again, if you're interested in somebody online, meet them for the first time in a public place with a lot of people around, a a mall food court or something like that, where there's nothing dangerous that could possibly happen because there are other people present. That's, I think, the best tip that, uh, that anybody can have. I think validated pictures is a, is a good way to go quickly because if you're talking to somebody who's uh, some distance away, maybe you you know meeting at a mall food food court doesn't make any sense. So you want to get to know them before they spend the money on an airline ticket or something like that. So I think that the first place that you would want to go is a picture of somebody holding a you know, handmade sign that says "Hello." Validated Joe. pictures fine, but that's not going to really tell you if that person's dangerous or not necessarily right up front. Certainly so, doesn't. Yeah, I, you know, there's all kinds of precautions yeah. that need to be taken along the way. Well, that's what I want to hear from you is your tips, um, the situations you've gotten into, maybe mistakes you've made, things that other people can learn from, if you've got them. Otherwise, we'll talk to you about whatever you want. Let's go to Frank in Santa Cruz listening on KSCO. Hey, Frank. Frank in Santa Cruz. KSCO. Going once. He's gone. He's gone. Let's try Jeremy in Colorado. Oh, excuse me, not Colorado. Montana. Jeremy on uh, listening on KGEZ. Uh, Hello. I've been in Colorado before, guys, but I'm in Montana, remember? You are. What's on your mind, Jeremy? <laughs> Hey, I just want to congratulate Mark for having some huevos because if someone, uh, like a hot chick that turned out to be a dude in not my so house. Ha- not so chick. <laughs> well, you, you know what I mean. I yeah. Mean, they, yeah. He'd be going back to jail if he pulled some crap like that. Big talker. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I've uh, beat people up on uh, the streets and didn't go to jail for it. I didn't beat them up, beat them up, beat them up but I've hit them. I don't want to beat no one up on the street, but if someone... Well, I, I, when I mean on the street, I, as opposed character. to jail, is what I'm saying. I'm opposing street to jail, and I'm just saying that you know I've I've been in altercations and not gone to prison. Well, for you'd it. be pretty mad if you bought her all. I mean, him all these drinks and then took him her home, and and then it was it was. So, Jeremy, you're saying you'd do like Mark? Then is that you'd beat somebody up if they uh, you know they lied to you about their gender? Well, yeah, it, I mean, because... That's, that's sad, man. Rain- I expected more from a Rainbow Family uh, member. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. It's a terrible initiation of force to lie to somebody about your gender. That's not an initiation of force at all, sir. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We only have a few moments left, but just enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free. If you like the show, then we ask that you AMP. stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. 
Uh, what you need to do is go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for as little as three bucks a month. That's all it takes, and it's completely voluntary. You can enjoy the entire Free Talk Live website for free without amping. But if you like what we're doing and you want to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations across the country, then we could use your three bucks because it makes a big difference for us. It helps uh, it helps us reach out to new stations and thereby uh, get new listeners on board the message of freedom and liberty. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com and learn about the perks you get, like amp, uh, the amp-only phone line, amp-only chat room and forum, all the details, amp.freetalklive.com. Barry Cooper wants you to never get busted. Jim Lark was the chairman of the Libertarian Party. Ethan Nadelman is the founder of the Drug Policy Alliance, and Peter Christ is a spokesman for law enforcement against prohibition. They all want to end the war on drugs, and they'll all be speaking at the Liberty Forum. Where will you be? Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum, freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use code 2008FTL to save 10%. That's 2008FTL, all one word, to save 10% on the Liberty Forum. We're going to be there broadcasting live. Looking forward to seeing you there. It's going to be a blast. Let's go to the phones. We're going to try Frank one more time. Frank in Santa Cruz, listening on KSCO. Hello, Frank. Hi, can you hear me now? We've got yes, you, sir. Frank. What's on your mind? Yeah, I was listening just a little while ago. Um, I don't know who it was said it, but you said you would uh, uh, sock somebody or punch somebody uh, for using a particular racial epithet. Um, I think that I, I said that they would be in danger of that. But go ahead. All right. You're, let's so you're threatening to do let's that, assume. or you think it would be justifiable. But I, th- I, I think that's particularly ironic since the name of your show is Free Talk Live. And I don't think that's the platform of the Libertarian Party that I joined 15 years ago. Um, I don't speak for the Libertarian so, Party. Does that mean that you you believe that um, hate speech should be uh, prosecutable? No. No, it oh, just means that Mark's please. a thug, and uh, Look, he's willing I, I to just, push other I people around to get his from way. From the Libertarian point of view, I think there need to be market forces that keep jerks from screaming epithets on, on the yeah, side of the road. Violence isn't and a market force. one of those force. market forces is the possibility that somebody could come along and knock your teeth in. I, I cannot believe that you're hosting this show. This is... You have just lost all credibility with me. Fine. Uh, it is un. It Look, is I, I did not claim to be the libertarian like spokesperson, and I am not Jesus. I have not come down to save you. You are your own Messiah, my friend. Well, now I'm here on this that's show pretty, as well. That's a pretty clever sidestep. But if you, if I you're am a clever sidestepper. Like this, you better learn. Or you don't not better, but you ought to know what being a libertarian means and what it stands for, and it doesn't mean walking up and socking somebody. Okay, from a Kantian point of view. Okay, looking at the the, the philosophies of the um, the philosopher Kant, the idea is is that you know you do what is right for everyone all the time, and therefore that's what's right. And if you don't initiate force against people who um, you know use epitaphs on the side of the road, then that says that it's just okay for them to do that. And it I think is there okay need to be, for them to do that. It's not okay for you to assault them. Uh, d- d- now, okay. Let me ask you this. If, some, if you were with your wife and somebody that, made like, you know, some kind of horrible... He has a question for you, Mark. I've got a question for him first. You can wait. No, no, I'm not going to wait. The, it, look. Yes, you will wait. Got he a, has a question I, I'm, for I'm the host of the show. i got a question for the guy. If somebody's no, with you, if you're on the side of the road... Sir, why don't you ask your question? I've turned his microphone off at this point. In the, uh, that refers to white people derogatorily that would make you as agitated as that. Do I have a word? Yes, like cracker or honky. Is there a word like that that would piss you off that much? Well, I'm white, so why would it bother me? Well, I understand that, and that's what I'm talking about. 
So what is it about that particular word? And the only reason I'm not saying it is not because I, I appreciate you word, not saying it, but because I don't want you guys to get fined by the SEC. I don't think that I don't think we can a, actually get fined for that word, but okay. Um, I don't know for sure. I'm, I'm I'm no legal expert on this, but okay. So my point is, would you get as irate if somebody called you a cracker? Would you, that you would sock somebody? No, I'd laugh. Okay, so that my the, the thing is, we are making this word some kind of a, a special sacred word that nobody can say because we're so afraid of saying it. Right? Why not? Why not just laugh when someone says mean now I've things? Got a question, exactly. Now I've got a question for you. Exactly. Now I've got a question you know for you. You've made your point really on the N word. about it are the ones that are thin-skinned and ignorant. Now the you've made your point on the N word, and I think that it's, it has certain validity. If you're with your wife or girlfriend, Mark, or you something have to like wait until someone stops He's... to make your to ask your question. Okay. So now Mark's going to ask his question. Okay, let's okay, go. Okay, you're Mark. with your wife or girlfriend, and somebody says something horrible about them. I don't know. Calls yes. them, uh, you know, a hooker. Calls them uh, a whore. Calls them uh, a lesbian. Calls them something that uh, inc- incites you. You know, you're not going to try to protect them in any way. Protect well, them if from somebody what? Somebody tried to assault my wife. I would, I would try to protect her. Uh, assault. Not, I'm not. I don't mean threaten her, and I don't mean try to hit her. People say things to my spouse, and I have bit my tongue. I've also been called uh, derogatory, der- other derogatory words, and I've bit my tongue. And there have been times when I have fought back when people are being assault- assaulted. I have come to the aid with uh, small people that are being assaulted. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, then, in that case, that's fine. In that case, I'm not afraid to become in a physical altercation. Right. And in that case, that's fine because someone at that point was initiating force, and you are simply coming to the defense of someone. If somebody's just uh, cursing, Mark, no one has been, no one is under attack. There's no need to utilize force. I didn't say there was a need. I said that there's that it's a market process. You said you would jack somebody no, if no. they were I insulting your friend. they were in danger of being jacked if they called my friend that I was along um, with the N-word That's or something like that. That's not what it sounded like. But, you know, sometimes they, I said they're in danger of it, and so, they really are. Yeah, they're in serious danger yeah, of it. So are you going to do something? I, against who? There's nobody here. Against the person standing on I the street corner. I may or may not, depending yeah. on how I feel You're backing at that down time. now. You're no, backing down yeah. from your position let, earlier. Let, let, me, let me suggest that you look in the, in the dictionary of the, the, the definition of market force. It has nothing to do with assaulting people. And I have to go on that. Thank you, gentlemen. Frank, Thank thanks you. for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. In fact, I am officially rescinding Mark's libertarian uh, claim. <laughs> You're you not are, a libertarian. You, you, are, don't, you don't even. You're not, you're not even a party member. What do you, what do you got you know, to do with my I'm libertarian a party status? I am a yeah. life member of the libertarian yeah, party. Yeah. When was the last time you talked to in, one of them? In all fairness, sometimes when somebody verbally assaults you like that, sometimes a physical assault isn't far behind. And you have to assess that in the moment and figure out, is this person, does they mean physical harm to me or not? Or are they just a big mouth? And, you know, you can just walk away or you can laugh or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you really feel that they're going to keep after you and there's a physical threat, then, then sometimes jacking them up is a good thing. Well, sir, but you have to, Wayne, you have to have, uh, you actually have to have real evidence beyond just your gut. Uh, your gut isn't good enough. You have mm-hmm. to actually have them take a swing or, you know, make a move. And sure. you were making a point during the break that was very good, and that was that uh, you've under, you understand in the world of martial arts, many martial arts are purely defensive and very, very powerful in that if somebody does make a move with the correct training, you have the ability to channel their energy right back around to them and essentially take them out using their own energy against them. Um, In that particular case, there is no need to wonder or to guess because you you don't actually 
uh, you don't make a move unless they do. That's the way things. Uh, that's the truly libertarian response is to await their action. So what if a guy has a baseball bat? Mm-hmm. Do you wait for him to hit you because no. you're likely never going to get the chance to fight him back, Ian? No, no. But there's a technique for a baseball bat that actually well, works. Is quite there well. a, is there a technique for a nine millimeter? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It depends on how <laughs> close you are. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Well, uh, with the baseball bat situation, if he's threatening you, then you probably shouldn't be within range at that particular point. Uh, you know, it's it's all nice and easy in this little world where you've never dealt with these things before. But I've been in violent places, Ian. Really violent places. Places that would scare the bejesus out of most people. I've been in uh, a prison mm-hmm. for eight, eight years, no, six years of my life called Gladiator School. Yes, I learned well, a when certain violence level- is utilized, then you have the right to actually uh, re-inflict violence back. It's called defensive force, but you don't have the the right to go up and jack somebody on the street because they're saying something you don't like. I didn't say I had like. the right, Ian. I said they you were said in you'd do danger it anyway. of it. You said you would do it, that and that's That was the terminology despicable. that I used, in danger of it. You anyway, know, libertarian a, creds revoked, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Revoked. There, there was a really poignant episode of Star Trek Next Generation where they went back to the planet Vulcan, and there was a cave, and they were look, going through these artifacts, and they found this one thing. It was this thing they put around their neck. It was an ancient weapon. And basically what it was is you put it around your neck, and if anybody initiated force against you, it basically deflected it and multiplied it three or four times over back at them again. And they, Is that the original Star Trek? Uh, it was Next Generation. Okay. Those and, would sell good. We've, I'm yeah. sorry, we've got to get to the phones here. Reb's yeah. on the line in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Reb. Yes, the three of us, Bubba, Scout, and Reb, we were listening to one of your Genesis programs yesterday, and the host said, all of a sudden we heard a break-in on his phone line, but the host confused it. He said he was hacked on his internet connection. And we're experts. We want to set the record straight because I had never heard that except on our computer speakers or on our phone lines with a radio from a, it's called telephone electronic surveillance system. And we, we know this for a fact because this phone I'm on and the other one at our other area have been secured by Quest Executive Offices, Jeff Marlowe. Yeah. Don't have any idea what you're talking about. Thanks for the call, though. Keep an eye out. We'll be back with the fascist tomorrow night. This has been Free Talk Live. (laughs) DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.